Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. It's Tuesday the 28th of October. We've had a great show today. Today we spoke about fighting. Dan Hooker is fighting for the second time in 35 days. Fighting against UFC fighter, ranked fifth fighter, Islam Machachev of Russia. He's outstanding too. He's being coached by... Khabib Nagomatov over there, and they're fighting in the UAE. So looking forward to that. John Morgan, reporter, MMA junkie, joined us. MMA Roadshow podcast spoke to us about the legend that is Dan Hooker. Also touched on Paul Costa, Marvin Vittori shenanigans, which was going on over the weekend. Make sure you catch up on that. We also had Brett uh, Trent Busserton on. A good chance to in the derby with favourite. Forgot you. Trent busted and joined us, and he gave us a wee tip too. Audrey's girl, 25 bucks and $5.50 on a place here on the Bands and Izzy for breakfast at races on Saturday. Looking forward to that one. And then Black Ferns Tour kicks off this weekend after a 26-month standstill since the last test. This weekend, they begin their first of a four-match tour against England. We spoke to Chelsea earlier. She is a senior figure in the side. Their first match in two and a half years up against world number one England. Looking forward to watching that Monday morning, 3.30 a.m. kickoff. we also got coming up Brendan Hill, Monkey King, driven by Ricky May. 2010, that race was. 2010 as we count down 11 days till uh, uh, till Cup Week. He's on Cup Week. And well, with COVID down south now in Christchurch, there'll be no more crowds in the stand for sure. Nothing will be going on here in Christchurch. Looking forward to chatting to Brendan Hill. Anyway, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. SW23 Sport, the fragrance by Shane Warne. New and exclusive at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Thursday the 28th of October. It's just after 6 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz is back. How good. How good. How good to have Skip back. He's just sitting in his camera with a singlet out. He's been training hard. The guns are... Ooh, the veins are popping. The veins are popping in those big guns of yours, mate. We'll get to you just shortly. I'll just... But you know what we got coming up on the show? We've got a big weekend of fighting ahead and our very own Dan Hooker fighting for the second time in 36 days. He's fighting a ranked fighter, number fifth ranked fighter, big man. He's, his name is Islam Makachev of Russia. And he is an absolute animal. He's won 21 matches. He's drawn one. So he's undefeated, but how good is our champion, Dan Hooker? we got John Morgan on. He's a MMA specialist for the Roadshow podcast, and he's going to join us this morning to talk about Dan Hooker. He's over in Vegas. He's over in America, so he knows everything about the MMA fighting game and Dan Hooker and this achievement, being able to fight 36 days after his last fight. He's a champion, so looking forward to chatting to him. And then we're going to chat some horses. Time to chat some horses and the big weekend of racing. Victorian Derby 
Trent Busserton has a good chance in the derby with favourite Forgot You. And Trent Busserton joins us this morning to talk about this weekend's racing ahead over in the Victorian derby. Six Group 1 races over there. Then we've got the Golden Eagle. We'll be talking about this all show because we love a wee punt on the show here for Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And then we've got Black Ferns. The Black Ferns Tour kicks off this weekend after 26 months on a standstill since their last test. This weekend they begin their first of a four-match tour against England. They play England twice. This weekend's the first match. Then they have back-to-back games against France. So England are currently ranked number one in the world. So it'll be a big, big test for these Black Ferns who haven't played in two and a half years. Whew, it's been a long, long time. So looking forward to chatting to Chelsea Alley. She's a senior figure in the Black Fern side. She's going to join us this morning to talk about their tour. And, well, they're pretty much locked down over there. COVID is rampant in the UK, and they just want to take all the precautionaries they can to stay safe. So they just got their own little bubble, and they're doing well. So looking forward to chatting to Chelsea Alley. And then the countdown continues. Cup week. 11 days to Cup Week. We've got 11 days out till Cup Week. How good. And it was 11 New Zealand Trotting Cups ago in 2010. And the very special horse, Monkey King, ridden by Ricky May. We spoke to Ricky May the other day. This morning, we will chat to Monkey King's trainer, Brendan Hill. Brendan Hill is going to join us as we count down, continue to count down to Cup Week, the great week, one of the great weeks in New Zealand racing. And I'm gutted we can't go, but that's okay. Next year, next year, jab, 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 we'll be there. It's all good. No worries at all. Anyway, I've got to go to my mate over there in the Sedema in Auckland. He's got a full tummy. He's been eating really well. He's been training. He's been sleeping. He's very vibrant this morning. Skipper Baz McCullum. Good morning, brother. Good morning, brother. Two and a half years, eh? Two and a half years for the Black Ferns since they last played. It's extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? Wow, we and crazy, so you're crazy. saying you're saying they're in a bubble over there as well. Is yep. it seems yeah, a bit so odd that they need to? Yeah, I think it's just they're taking precautions. I know the All Blacks are the same as well. There was chat the All Blacks have to they've been cleaning their own rooms, so they haven't been in room service. They've been um, servicing their own rooms and knowing a couple of those lags, they'll be absolute pigsties. So they've had to service their own rooms. One of the Welsh players has just tested positive for COVID. They're obviously playing Wales this year, uh, uh, this weekend. So yeah, I just, I don't know. It's we're just, you know, it's just that same old thing. We're just still stuck in second gear in, in New Zealand, and so they're taking precautions. They don't want any disruptions while they're over on tour, and just just trying to be safe. So yeah, they're stuck in their own bubbles. Bears, they're in Exeter in in uh, England over there. So yeah, they've got a big couple of weeks. They're playing England, who has played fourteen tests to uh, the Black Ferns one, uh, none. In two and a half years, so they're well drilled. England, they're going to be a tough side, and then the French, who have uh, tested the Black Ferns over the last couple of years, uh, weeks, so um, a couple of years, I should say. Yeah, it's a big, big couple of weeks for the Black Ferns, mate. When is this madness going to end, eh? Like bubbles and all sorts. So when, when is enough oh. enough? Just blow it open and crack on with life. You know, everyone's now. Well, majority of people have been have been double jabbed, or and we'll be just about ready for the boosters. That'll be the next thing, which will hold back mm. any, any economies opening. But when <clears throat> when is it going to just blow it open and get on with it? Everyone's taking the overly cautious route, and there's been some travesty, no doubt, throughout the world. But crikey, you think at some stage the show's got to go on. And Yeah, anyway, that, uh, it'll be interesting to watch the, the girls over there. Looking forward to, to seeing them. It's going to be a, 
a tough tour for them, but but no doubt the the level of excitement they've got will carry them a long way as well. Yeah. Um, mate, you you made comment yeah. about the food yesterday. You're spot on. I yeah, delivered some it? beautiful food. I was oh. in a seafood coma in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> it was absolutely Talk outstanding. Talk us through it, mate. Talk us through that little dish you got because it looked outstanding, like you said, mate. Talk us through it. Every bit by it? bit. Wagyu, what was it? What a little, the best salmon in the world or what? Yeah, there was a bit of salmon. There was a bit of scallops. There was a bit of crayfish, a bit of wagyu. There was a bit of everything, actually. It was a wonderful little um, fish sushi platter delivered by uh, by Tony, who's um, who does a lot of... Um, Chef work for Sir Peter Bella. So a big shout out there. Thank you very much. That was outstanding. I know Flem across the hallway got one too. Equally also in the coma, oh. in the seafood coma. So if there's an outbreak of gout um, in the Sudema, <laughs> then uh, then you know you know where it's come from. I wonder if gout, mate. If you get if there's enough people get gout, does that mean we lock the lock the lock the place down as well? That'd be the new one. Um, Have you ever got so gout? That was, Nah, and they reckon if you haven't had gout, you're not trying hard enough. I'm not sure I can try any harder. So I'm mm. not. I'm, have you had gout? <laughs> nah, nah, I haven't had gout. But my dad, I think my dad's had gout, and oh, he doesn't know. He's, his toe was apparently it's bad. And if your dad has it, you definitely get it. It's hereditary. And um, <laughs> my, I went and stayed at my mates on the weekend. His dad had it, mate. No, oh, he was in agony. You can't walk. It is terrible. And um, so once you get it, it's game over for you. Apparently you have to go take, like, these certain drugs at the chemist, and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, apparently. (laughs) Oh, dear, what a subject to start the morning. Hey, I'm looking forward to talking to to Trent Buston later on as well. Obviously, racing is very close to my heart, and he's got a a, a horse forgot you, a Savabelle, who's running in the Victorian Derby. Uh, in the weekend, so that's going to be pretty exciting. Now, flashbacks for uh, for that. We, the Busted and Young team, they trained Sangster all those years ago too, so it'll be exciting to speak to him. A Kiwi who is doing good things in Australia in the in the thoroughbred world and taking on the Aussies, so it'll be great to great to chat to him. And, yeah, we've got a pretty cool show, mate, but I want to focus on what you got up to yesterday because I know you had one of the mm. all-time great days as well. Oh, I had a good day. I had a good day. Um, I went and did my first training, like pretty much like actual trainer and uh, fitness kind of session with uh, a good friend down in, in Christchurch here. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here looking at you, and you are an absolute rig at the moment. Like, oh, here we go. Can I understand that? <laughs> Chris Donaldson's got you flying for the KKR. You've come home and, oh, man. And just imagine what Lissa's eyes are going to light oh, up as easy, you walk son. through that door. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so you've given me inspiration, and I uh, I got off my bum, went and trained, and and did some training. And oh man, I was in a world of pain, but I just I love it for the mental, for the mental side of of, of you know the mental side to your body, like just mentally refresh, get the endorphins flying, just get that feeling of feeling good about yourself. You just you're out there, you're active, and um, yeah, so I, I went into this hard session for about an hour and a bit, and then um, just kicked my day off, yeah, kicked my day off, went out, had a bit of lunch, come home, was very productive with all the kitties, you know, it's just getting off the, uh, getting your, your day started, just, just you know, gets, if you get off the good start, uh, the day off to a good start, it just makes that day flow, flow better, so 
had a good day. You get out, get moving, don't you? Now, I think that's the key. Just mm. especially as former professional athletes, you just got to get moving. If you don't get moving, then you just get a bit somber and you lose that real spark. And both of us woke up this morning with a bit of spark. We were playing running rugby at five a.m. effectively on the on down the line <laughs> to one another. So we are up and about this morning, everyone. What um, one other thing you got up to though? You played a little bit of snakes and ladders, so you went to the gym and you did. You put in the mahi, and then you managed to be able to go and catch up with a couple of mates and have a quiet, quiet, uh, quiet ale. Is that right? Oh yeah, I went and had a I had a wee catch. It wasn't too adventurous. It wasn't a yeah, typical Friday day for Daggy down in Christchurch, Italia. So <laughs> it was just envious, the cruise. I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I went and um, had a catch up at, at Louis's favourite stomping ground, the Aikmans. He loves going to Aikmans. That's, oh, uh, I that's bet his, you Louis loves going. <laughs> Celebrity <laughs> sighting. It's like a safari. Every former crusader and all the entourage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I didn't want to say where I was going because Louis' bloody banto comes through and oh, he winds me up. But no, I went there. I caught up with a couple of mates. We had a couple. It was a beautiful day. It was sunny. It was hot. And um, just caught up a couple of friends, had a nice Caesar salad, you know, had a nice Caesar salad with oh, a couple look at of you Scotch go. eggs. <laughs> on the on the D roof. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a big, a big plate of just kidding yourself. So I had a Caesar salad and you know what? Came home and had it came home, had a, you know how you have a couple of stars and, you, and then diet goes out the, out the door and the wife rings up, get Burger Wisconsin. So I got Burger Wisconsin on the way home, so I ruined the day at the end of the day, but that's okay. It's all about balancing <laughs> that, Baz. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Daisy's a good cook too, isn't she? Yeah, she's a really good cook, mate. I'll, I'll look forward to that day you come down and stay. We'll um, whip you up something really good. So she's... Um, she's really good. The other night, I think, what did they have the day before? My favourite dish is teriyaki chicken. So she whipped up a teriyaki chicken on some rice with some um, coleslaw. She made some coleslaw and just whipped it up. Avocado, sesame seeds, a bit of Japanese mayo. Oh, oh it was outstanding. It was outstanding. It's a nice romantic she's a very touch good from cook. Daisy. What about what yeah. romance flow both ways? So what's your, what do you do for her romantically? Um, oh, I've got to cook, I've got to cook tonight. So I've got a bit of... I've got look. She, I haven't cooked for a while. I'll be honest. I haven't cooked for probably I can't even remember when I last cooked. Maybe three weeks. Um, but tonight I'm cooking. So the neighbour's coming over. He went down to Stewart Island about two weeks ago. He went to Stewart Island and he got some powers. So he's coming over tonight. We're going to cook up some power patties, and I'm going to get some white bait out of the fridge, and we're going to make some a white bait fritters patties as well. And then um, we're going to have a look, like a little white bait power. Um, smorgasbord tonight so that's what i'll be oh, cooking up bud i'll send some photos through seeing what's you, your, what's, uh, your you know, accompanied, jealous. what's your company beverage with that sort of that kind of spread i'm, I'm thinking uh just the pegasus bay red wine maybe pig bay chuck a little pig, Ooh, pig yeah. bay uh pinot out there yeah so you wouldn't go you wouldn't go white wine with the um with the fish you'll go red no, wine. i don't i'm, I'm I'm not a white. I'm not a white drinker. Yeah, if I do have a white, I'll have a sav, savion blanc. Yeah, I, yeah, I will have a sav, but I'm not a real big white wine drinker. If I, if it's sunny, I, I might have a rosé. I like a rosé. Oh yeah, uh, a little, a little rosé, a little yeah. blush. Yeah, I'm yeah, not I a like massive. A rose and I'm not a massive white wine drinker either. Only sort of two gallons at a time normally, and then sort of move on to something else. But. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I've knocked oh, up, knocked up week, weekday. No, I haven't really. I was going to tell a lie there because I went and had a drink yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, anyway, that's our last story. <laughs> did you have a punt yesterday? I had a punt. I had one punt. I'm pretty sure a lot of people had that same punt. The honourable one. My first tip the back after one. a little yeah. you know, time out. Let's. I just want to talk about this, okay? So the honourable <laughs> one on debut yesterday, the five-year-old son, Sorry, of, four-year-old son, a striker, started at eighteen dollars. Opened at eighteen dollars. It closed at the jump at five dollars fifty. So the money was on. It was a heavy plunge across, and to move the market like that across Australia, as Louis will test to, is significant betting play. So I'm thinking. I've got on at the 18s. I'm, I'm straight to the tote thinking mm. I'm getting paid here. And then he jumped and he sort of sat in a pretty good position as well. One out, one back. And I'm thinking we are we are getting paid here. How good is this? SCNZ tipping is just flying. And then he sort of got the stitch. I think he just lost all oxygen. And then I realised that Kez, big Kieran out the back there, who has had a terrible time of punting lately. And I realised that Kez's money was on. And when Kez's money's on, he can stop him from yeah. anywhere. Even the best of the best he can stop. So, Kez, thanks for jumping on, mate. From now on, can you just lay off any of the tips that we send out to the to the punters and maybe just back something else in the race? What do you reckon, Kez? Mate, the, I'll just, I've got an update. The streak actually was broken last night, Baz. Finally, after some time. We're talking if, a punting streak? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> so Baz, while you were gone, you know, it was a big thing that I just, I wasn't going to get into it because I knew that, you know, I'm not I'm not, not a very good winner. So I, I've got into it sort of a little bit, you know, and me and Louie, we, we put together a little Friday multi every once in a while. I, I'm on, I was on oh. 12 up until, up until last night, pretty much. So I was 0 and 12, hadn't won a single thing. Louie sends a text... I'm just trying to find it here because I'm very bad with just the names. Just to you or Louis, to the group? You jump in? Which ho- to the group? Just to him. And he said, "No, no, no, no. It was to the group." I sent. Was I gave him. Oh, yeah. yeah, I said Waller's next to at, at Canterbury Park here wins, and it just it was just a big rangy thing. It's this big I am invincible cult that we've all had our eyes on it. So, um, I've just seen it's been the start. The race is about to jump, so I said, "Lads, the next one here." And Kiz was the only one that picked it up, and it just it boomed home. It was hands and heels, length and a half. It was lovely watching. No, I was, I was down what, what and out from the Bears loss. Sure, it was like two two sixty. Ah, but so Kez got paid. Got on it so with a broken yeah, streak. Yeah, got on it with our twenty seconds to jump. Jump straight on to to Sky Go. Got on TAB one. Bam, <laughs> money in the kids. Good got it. boy. Oh, good work. Well, I'm pleased for you, Kez. I'm I'm sorry to all the punters out there that backed the honourable one, but I'm pleased that Kez, you, you got paid, uh, aren't we? Is we're delighted for old kids. Yeah, don't don't be sorry. Don't be sorry, mate. You're making a comeback today, and I know I can see it in your eyes. You are <laughs> on, and you've told me off this. You said, mate, we'll be back. Don't worry about the Bears and Izzy because I'm jumping on your shoulders here because I got no idea. So Bears and Izzy tips this morning. Looking forward to them, Skip. That's right, and it'll be don't be a moron. Get more on a little bit later on. Second time <laughs> up, we'll be laughing. But anyway, it's good morning. We've got plenty going on. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and it's big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
Yeah, you absolutely are. 25 minutes past six o'clock, and the Kennard's Hire phone line is there for you this morning. Have you ever had gout? There's a question. 0800 150 <laughs> What does it feel like? Because I feel like Baz is running about a dollar twelve after seeing that seafood platter <laughs> yesterday, courtesy of St. Peter V. That was sensational stuff. Um, there's a couple of great texts here. Good morning, lads, and Trudy. The teriyaki chicken Izzy talks about is great. It's my go-to, especially the one from Daisy's Cookbook. With ice cold oh. beer, hope oh. quarantine's not too painful. Bears, cheers, Mark. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's yeah, good from Mark, isn't it? Marky. With ice Ooh, cold beer. That. Hey, Mark. Anyone? Yeah, I love that cold beer. So that's a good option. We want to know what else you'd have with the patties, the the power patties, or the white bait fritters. You know, Bears thinks a white wine. I'm thinking a more of a red wine. What do you think? What do you think it'll go with? What about like take your? Yeah. What a beer beer is. What about, uh, you know, like a, a hazy pale ale or something? Oh, <laughs> oh now we're talking. crafty on me. I love it. Now we're talking You're crafty. crafty. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, to, uh, I love a beer, Bears. I love a beer. But right now with the sight of my tummy and the beers that rolls that's hanging over my um, waist belt, I just, i got to lay off it. So, yeah, I won't go the beer. I don't know. What's Are you looking in some neck, wine? boss, like, down the line? Are you looking in some neck? Oh, the chest is out, eh? Ah! Um, <laughs> what, what is, I don't know, what's worse for you? A beer or wine? I don't know. You'd know. Oh, I'm not sure either are great for your physique, but for your, yeah. for your soul, they're delightful. And I think, you know, you've just got to be, work a little bit harder and, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. You've got to live life too. You can't be a complete boring sod. It's got to get on with things. Yeah. I don't know what's better. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like well, we've got anyway. a text here. I like it's a healthy diet Simon. of all three. <laughs> we've got a text here. It's from <laughs> Simon, bro. It's got so- from Simon. He says it's not pleasant. Simon, give us a call. 0800 <laughs> Tell us the signs we need to look for. Give us a little inkling so we can get, let Bears know. So he's got a bit of an understanding. Of what I heard there's like a little tingle in your toe. Little tingle, but Simon, give us a uh, give us a call, please. And then Mark's come back. Cloudy Bay Pinot Noir, Pinot or Vasa So Pinot, lads. Bloody nice reds, Vavaso. Never had that one. Has he had a Vavaso? Uh, did we try it earlier on in the on the Friday tipple? I can't quite remember. Nah, it wasn't a Vavaso. Not sure. Vavaso, nah. Anyway. Well, maybe maybe we get some delivered. <laughs> eh? Maybe maybe we get hooked up for a little hook up for Izzy, a little hook up for Baz. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. what, what about is it? Six twenty-eight in the morning. We haven't even talked sport. What yet. about this one? I was trying to ask you. Ask you. I want to ask you this one. Hi, Izzy, Dag, and Baz. Is it a coincidence? This was something that you'll know. Is it a coincidence that the team batting second at this T Twenty World Cup has won eight out of the nine games? Is that a coincidence? What's your take on that? No, mate? it's not. No, it's definitely not. And it's good to have a little bit of sport chat after our uh, mm. round-the-world conversations this morning. But um, <laughs> it's not, mate. And that's, uh, yeah, it's that's why that, that performance of the Black Caps yesterday was actually not too bad. Um, the conditions yeah. in this in UAE right at this point in time, uh, the, the dew is starting to come into play. So the, it's quite difficult batting first as well because the wickets are quite tricky. So you're not sure what a good score is. So you don't know whether to stick or twist when you're, when you're trying to structure your innings. So 
you know, you try and go a little bit too hard and you get knocked over. You don't go hard enough and then the dew comes in and it makes it easy to, to chase. So it isn't a coincidence and I would expect that that will continue to lend itself. Um, the results will lend itself to the teams chasing over there. Makes sense? Nice. Yeah, it does. It does, mate. Yeah, it's fascinating when you when you, when you you think of it like that way, eh? you think like you put the pressure on, put the pressure on and, and then you get the runs on board and... That's a great little insight, mate. So I love that. We're going to chat a bit more sport coming up. We've got a few texts coming through about gout. Gout is the worst. Even moving a bed sheet kills it if you've got it in your foot. So you'll know if you've got it, Baz. You'll definitely know. Morning, guys. Trust me. You don't want to find out or get gout that is from Barry. And there's the first one was from James. And then someone's going to – Mark's going to drop you a vava soul to Madam at a studio next time, mate. So there you go. you got some wine and hopefully you don't get gout. Well, that's interesting. I was always taught you're either born with a big <coughs> or you've got a strong liver. I know which one I've got. It's 6.30 in the morning here on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Is <laughs> Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-eight minutes away from seven o'clock. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Thank you for your time this morning and through all of the week. We love having you company. Remember the Kennards Higher phone line is there. Great to get people texting on double eight double three. But until we've had first-hand experience of someone that can tell us and warn us about the crippling, debilitating pain of gout on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven, it won't feel like a real morning here. Just um, confirming that news that Trudy had it in her news. Yes, the Ministry no. of Health says there are two positive COVID-19 cases in Christchurch from the same household. More on this developing story throughout the morning. The public health risk assessment is being done and there will be an update after that. But what we do know is that they don't really take chances with this stuff. So that is a shame. We'll follow that throughout the morning lads before I handball it back loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing Baz today we've got racing at Te Araha. I know you've had a look and you've confided in your good mate the lion tamer and he I saw he was spruiking a couple on Twitter there's some nice horses racing today and actually one that I previously tipped out fresh up and it was just out for a pipe opener and it still hasn't broken its maiden for Simon and Katrina Alexander Alchemia, race eight. This horse is too good to be a maiden still. It's been running in proper stakes races down there in the Hawks Bay. You're getting $2.90 now. I'm not sure what else is going to come out of this race. And there are some nice enough chances. Divine Sava has been running, Sava has been running pretty nice races. Uh, Vala Dams for Jim Pender is one that I, I do have time for. But I just think Alchemia, I have a bit of an opinion of it, and I did at the start of the year, and you've got to stick to your convictions when it comes to racing. So I expect it to break its maiden in race eight today. And the markets are open for this weekend, where we have racing at Tauranga and Awapuni. And in the feature at Tauranga, we've got the PRH Transport Trophy. It's an open handicap race over the mile. And there is a lovely each-way chance down the bottom of the book. Nice lightweight of 53 kilograms in those lovely little V-shaped electric blue silks. Tabata. We got Tabata mm. back at the races, Go Baz. On, Tabata. We sure do, Louie, and pretty excited about it as well. She's third up. <clears throat> drawn nicely, 53 kilos. Hopefully, if, if my... 
sway amongst the jockeys as as anything. We might be able to get ourselves a senior jockey on. Let's see. Um, and I think she's going good. I reckon she's come up good this campaign. Um, daughter of Savabelle, of course, um, already a, a, a listed winner. Um, look, I, I think there's a couple of nice horses in the field, but if she gets the right run in transit, she cops the track. Um, I think 360 is great place money. Boys, I think $12 is generous uh, generous win money if we get a senior jockey on. But, uh, yeah, 360 place money is pretty good. Anyway, let's let's see. But I like I like where you're going, Louis, with Alchemia as well. I think it's a pretty good bet, $3. And I love how you said you've got to stick with your convictions in racing. That's That's like, I don't know whether that's a smart thing to do. And I consider you a smart punter. I don't know if that's a smart thing to do or it's a... It's like a tragic thing to do. So, but in this, in this instance, it's half I and half, agree isn't it? It's both. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can be dropped in racing if you continue to follow your money, can't you? Yeah. So, but but I, I do like Alchemia as well. It is a nice, it's a nice enough type that I think you can back it. So, yeah, that's where we are. But I appreciate that, Baz. And Izzy, um, <laughs> look, I know that you're a bit somber, mate, with that news out of the half hour. Yeah. Uh, mate, you better get back to Aikman's ASAP. It's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> I better go get tested. Oh my goodness! How'd it get down here? Ah! Anyway, might have been one that's... of those truck drivers. Yeah, it would have been them, mate. The unvaccinated ones that can travel around the world. But mate, you do two weeks, you'll be right. <laughs> it's all good. Anyway, we're going. We're yeah, going thanks, to Jade. Bro. He knows what gout's like. Jade, good morning. You not give us an inkling. What what's, what does gout feel like, mate? Good morning. Morning, morning, lads. Yeah, gout's not very nice. Eh? It's, uh, I get it on my big toe. <laughs> And that's the only part I get of it. And uh, it swells up <clears throat> double the size of the joint. Um, the weight of a sheet when you're lying in bed, just resting on your toe, is excruciating pain. It, uh, it really does suck. It's not good. Oh. How, how do you know you're getting it? How do you, what, what are the signs? Well, you just, you just, it just comes one day, man. <laughs> there's, there's no signs. It's just... <laughs> Like COVID. Jade, how, how hard did you have to work to get gout? Like, how hard were you going before gout arrived? That's, I want to know a barometer of how hard you can go. Eating-wise? Well, yeah, yeah, eating-wise, yeah. Seafood, meat, uh, wine. Look, I don't eat any seafood. I don't really drink too much wine. I think my, my trigger is... There's a lot of processed food, you know, I like the McDonald's and, 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 and all those sort of oh. yummy foods. And, uh, oh. you know, I, don't, I don't think the body likes it, mate. Oh, oh, see, that's disappointing. What, what, do you, what do you have to do to get rid of it, bud? Just before we let you go, what do you have to do to get rid of it? Uh, there's a couple of ways. Obviously, medication. Um, but, mm. you know, you can sort of clean, cleanse your body, drink heaps of fluid, um, and hopefully it try and flush it out in your system. Uh, okay, that's what it is. You eventually find out what your triggers are and you just deal with it and hopefully it doesn't, yeah. doesn't occur too often. So, Last question before we let you go, mate. You're, you're based in Hamilton, eh, Jade? How's everything going for you, mate, in the, in the lockdown? Yeah, all good, bro. Just business as usual. Eh? We're pretty, pretty flat out with work. It just sucks for the little ones and, and for the good lady who's at home doing homeschooling. She's a bit over it. She just wants a bit of, a bit of normality back to her life, but hey, you just 
deal the cards that you're given and hope that you get a good hand. Here, yeah, here. Yeah. Good man. Well, thanks for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Jade. You take it easy, mate, and look after that big toe of yours. <laughs> all righty, that's outstanding. A little little phone call from Jade all the way from Hamilton. Uh, what are we? 6.39 in the morning. Up next, it's Quizzy Dag. Take on the Is Master, and you can win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Call now, 0800 it's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, cares and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now, give it a go, oh, oh. Yes, it's that time of the morning, Quizzy Dag. Got an absolute doozy for you today, but before we get started, how good is gout chat? Mudgy's first <laughs> up with the Quizzy Dag, and he's had a gout problem. Morning, Mudge. Oh, yeah. I was uh, 27. I was on my way to a Melbourne Cup in 1987. I didn't know what it was. I went to a doctor and he said, you've got gout. And I said, God, you're, you're an idiot. I can't, you can't get gout at 27. But he did. And anyway, what I've just, well, over the years, you end up, you, end up, you take a, a, a pill called allopurinol, which, which just keeps it away. You never have it again. But you go off it and you get it back. And I had no reason. I wasn't crayfish, I wasn't tomatoes, I wasn't asparagus, I wasn't anything. I could never actually, maybe a little time with Heineken, with a lot of Heineken I might get it, but um, so I just, what, what I, I did learn about it, you actually, it's a uric acid in your blood that builds, that, that, that's, that's uh, sorry, uric acid that lo- that rises and then it spills yeah. out of like a imaginary jar and runs straight to your feet and that's when that's when it happens. But they reckon oh. remedies are like uh, blueberries, if you take a lot of blueberries and stuff, that helps, but... In the end, allopurinol, and when you actually get Voltaren, it's the only way you're going to get rid of it. Oh, and did you get on the winner? Did you get on Kensai? Is that how you I say did it? get on Kensai. Ken- yeah, I did that. Yeah, I went, went three years in a row. I had Kensai, Empire Rose won Empire the next Rose. year. Empire Rose. And Terrific. Nice. And Terrific won the year after that, and I got on all three. But, um, yeah, no, it was Good great. Man. I went a, Actually, I went a few years ago, too, just for that horse was, um, what was it called? It started with A. Number... number Number 17, Drew 17, and was, uh, no, no, um, dum, 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 it's gone, it's gone, uh, only, only 2016, can't remember, um, number, Miss Bailey, when she won the Willoughby Cup for me, she was number 17, so I always back as a roughy, and this horse in the market on Monday morning was number 17, Drew 17, paying $17, so I was into it, and Al it won. Oh, <laughs> Almanda, yeah. well played. Almanda, yeah. Yeah, so that was good luck with the quiz. Have a crack at the quiz. Well, good luck with the quiz. You might have a fifty to chuck on it. Here you go, Mudgy. Question number one. Hang on. That's all right, mate. You you got a you got a you got a memory there, mate. I can I can feel that. Here we go. Yeah, foot loose and gout free. Bowler. (laughs) Sorry. You get this one, surely. Where you been sleeping if you don't get this one? Who was the fast bowler? New Zealand cricket didn't have. Cleared in time by the ICC to replace Lockie Ferguson in their opening match of the T20 World Cup. 
Good, mate. You're up. You're up. Who was the fast bowler on New Zealand cricket? Didn't have cleared in time by the ICC to replace Lockie Ferguson. Adam Milne. Adam Milne. Cracking. Here we go. Question number two. Which rugby league referee announced his retirement after 214 games at NRL and test level? Henry Perinara. Beautiful. Question number three. Who played in goal... For the football ferns in their loss to one nil loss to Olympic champions Canada yesterday. Oh, no idea, sorry. We'll never clue. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Timmy. We're gonna go to Jade and Gout Boy Jade. Morning, Jade. <laughs> What's happening? Is he is he uh is he Carter? <laughs> Does Bez know about can't. this? <laughs> nah, no, don't sounds up. good yeah, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, Jade. Here we go. Question number three. <laughs> Who played in goal for the football ferns in their loss of 1 0? 1 0 loss to Olympic champions Canada yesterday. Is it Aaron Nicole? Nicole? Aaron Nicole? Aaron Nicole. No. Wasn't Aaron Nicole. <laughs> Thanks, Jade. Have a good day, bro. Alan from Fakatale. Come on, Al. It's your time, Good morning. Mate. Morning. Uh, Here you go. Who? Say it again. Aaron Naylor. Aaron Naylor. No. What? Wasn't Aaron. Wasn't Aaron Naylor. Go, Craig. In Auckland. Morning, Craig. Good morning. I wouldn't have morning. a clue. How about Who? Bruce Gobbler? <laughs> Bruce Crumpler. Gee, that's dialing it back. That's good. Come on, Craig. <laughs> Dave, Dave, David and Christchurch. Morning. Gee, I'm no good either, guys. No idea. <laughs> Come oh. on. <laughs> Dave. Get the Google right. going. Richie. Morning, Richie. Morning. Morning. Um, Who played in the goal? You got an elite right. Shot, Richie. Dan Hooker fights Islam Machachev on Sunday. How many days will it have been since his last fight? Dan Hooker's last fight. 30. No. Not 30. Sorry. Going to go Simon in Auckland. Good morning, Simon. There you go, mate. Yeah, how many days Um, since Dan Hooker's last fight? Is it 36? No. Oh, you're tough. You're tough. Sorry, bud. Tom from Christchurch. Tom. Hi, Zeke. Hey, mate. How many days since Dan Hooker's last fight? I think it was 36. No. No. Close. Real close. Simon. Simon. Good morning, Simon. Tom. Good morning, Tom. Tom. Hello. Tom. Hello. How are you? Good. 
How many fights? How many days since Dan Hooker's last fight? Uh, 38. Other no. way. Sorry. Brenton. Damon. Morning, Damon. Morning. Morning. Dan is Hooker's it, last it, fight. It, How many days? 35 days. 35 is correct. 35 is correct. Question number five to bring it home. Which city will the Black Ferns play England in their 100th test on Monday? Oh, um, Five, four, three. Manchester? One. No. It wasn't Manchester. Britain. Which city will the Black Ferns play England? Which city will the Black Ferns play England, bud, in their 100th test on Monday? Oh, I want to say London. No, no. Gig. Good morning, Gig. Come on, Gig. Get hey, it, Gig. Hey, how are you? Good, Gig. Uh, Which city will the Black Ferns play England? Got to be uh, Southampton. No. Oh, no winners. Move on. We've got to go. We've got to go. We're lucky. <laughs> We're going to go. That was Quizzy Dag. <laughs> Quizzy Dag from we'll Ashley Martin. Not happy with your hair loss, mate. Today, your turning point. Search for Ashley and Martin online. Coming up next, it is Trudy's World. This is Baz Nazi for breakfast. Good morning. You're listening to Baz Nazi for breakfast on SENZ. It's one minute to seven o'clock. We've got a Good hour coming up, but before then, we're going to talk about the quizzy dag. So you didn't get the quizzy dag, we didn't have enough time, we ran out, the gout got the better of us, and Mudgy got the better of us, so we're coming back tomorrow. We're coming back tomorrow, and we're going to have a wee little bit of a package for you, something that's really juicy, something really juicy. We spoke off here about it, and we're going to bring you a juicy wee opportunity tomorrow for quizzy dag. So make sure you get studying. Study up, because next week it is Melbourne Cup. Melbourne Cup week next week. How good. We love Melbourne Cup. And, well, with Mudgy's uh, form guide from 80s talking about winners, he'll be very good at this. Be very good at this. So come tomorrow prepared for Melbourne Cup. If we're going to chat some Melbourne Cup winners, races, horses, trainers, you don't know. We're going to come with you. (laughs) We're going to have a juicy amount. You could win courtesy of Baz and Izzy for breakfast and Paul White in the TAV, but he just doesn't know that right now. But that's okay. We'll tell him. How good is that? Coming up, anyway, we've got Trudy with the news. Craving a McCaffrey about now. Here's Trudy for the news. For the all new SCNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Thursday, the 28th of October. It's just after 7 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Great to have Skip back. Making the show more exciting. He bought gout chat because he was eating seafood, and we had some great calls. Jade from Hamilton, he's had gout. Oh, thanks for your information. And Mudgy, Mudgy as well, he spoke about his effects on gout, and he actually explained it. What causes it? Uric acid? Wow. Fascinating. I'll have to do some study on it. My dad gets it, apparently, so it's hereditary. Hopefully I don't get it, but I've just started my diet, even though I promised Trudy a month ago that I'll lose some weight. I'm back, Trudy, I promise you. 20th of December, I'll be ripped. Promise. Anyway, coming up on the show, we're going to be a big weekend of fighting. 
and our very own Dan Hooker fighting for the second time in 35 days, fighting number five ranked fighter Islam Makachev of Russia. John Morgan is reporter of MMA Junkie, MMA Roadshow Podcast, anything MMA, John Morgan is going to talk to us about Dan Hooker and the big flight, Jan Vlachovic versus Texera headlining the UFC 267 over there in the United States. And then we're going to chat some racing. Victorian Derby, Trent Bussardin has a good chance in the Derby with favourite Forgot You. Trent Bussardin joins us about 7.40ish this morning. And then Black Ferns. Black Ferns are over in Exeter, England. And they are facing off against England in their first of a two-match series against England. And then they play back-to-back tests against France. Chelsea Alley is a senior figure in the side and she's going to join us this morning sometime after her meeting. They have a meeting throughout this morning and as soon as that meeting finishes, she'll join us on the show. And then the countdown continues to Cup Week. As we're 11 days out and it was 11 NZ Trotting Cups ago in 2010 and a very special horse, Monkey King, ridden by Ricky May, who Ricky May was on the show the other day when he rode Terror to Love. And now he's ridden some champion horses. He also rode Monkey King. And this morning we'll be chat to Monkey King's trainer, Brendan Hill. Brendan Hill joins us later on in the day as we celebrate and build up towards that big week of cup racing in New Zealand. So looking forward to chatting to him. But yeah, like I said uh, before, I had to rush off and um, ruin that throw. Sorry about that, Trudy. There's a horrible throw towards the end of that break, but that's okay. We'll get better at it. Baz is here. Skip will lead me in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, we got a big quiz tomorrow. Big quiz. Going to come themed, Melbourne Cup. And we're going to, um, no one obviously won that last quiz, so we're going to double up. Well, we're going to do something. We're going to add a little package that Louis is going to sort out and, and get over the line. More, I reckon. More than anyway. double, I think. Yeah, yeah, more than double, eh? What do you yeah, think? we'll hit up Paul Moati as well. We'll get some cash out of Paulie Moati. He'll be feeling generous on the yeah. on the cusp of Melbourne Cup, surely. Archie won't yeah, mind he's making a little contribution to the Kiwis for Melbourne Cup. I'm sure. <laughs> Do you like a Melbourne Cup, mate? Is that is that one of your favourite race days of the year? Yeah, definitely. We we normally go over there, mate. To be honest, um, yeah. Obviously, we What's can't at the like? moment. Um, it's epic. Yeah, I normally sort of go over and lucky enough to to park up with Andrew Seabrook and and his wife Justine and and the the Vellas. Uh, on the New Zealand bloodstock table, and and we have a great time. We really sort of climb into it up there in the chairman's lounge. So it's normally a, a pretty good time. It's a week we absolutely love, and and um, yes, the race itself is obviously. I mean, it's not necessarily the the greatest race that there is, but the history behind the race is is obviously mm. phenomenal, and um, it's pretty cool going over there and experiencing. So I'll be doing it from this hotel quarantine room, which. Won't quite be the same, but that's okay. Make your own fun, don't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Well, you were lucky because before we got on the air, we got on uh, before we were going to come together and create Baz and Izzy for breakfast. You spoke about the Melbourne Cup, and you said, "I'm actually going over to the Melbourne Cup." This was obviously before this shambles happened. And then um, you said to me, "We're going. To, you're going to the Melbourne Cup." So I'm thinking, I'm jumping on your back, and I'm coming with you. So we, me and you, were meant to be at the Melbourne Cup next week. Going to this race, mate. Gutted. That's surefire gout. If you and I on the road like that, that would have been. <laughs> we could have ticked off one of. We could have ticked off something we haven't achieved just yet. And that's that's to have got ourselves gout. But that would have been good fun. Is have you on the road over in over in Victoria there with us? 
would have been good crack days. We would have enjoyed getting dressed up, I'm sure. We could have gone and had a fabulous time. The show might have been interesting, but <laughs> but that's okay. We, we, we would have still come across as if we, well, we were, like we do, we have fun and we know just a little bit enough about sport. But it's more our, uh, it's all of you guys who make this show really tick, isn't it? Is your feedback, your calls on the Kennards high phone line. 0800-150-811. Your text is on double eight double three. That's what makes this show. Your your feedback and your interactions. So give us a call anytime on that number or text us as well. We've got some pretty cool feedback? things coming up. What about this feedback uh, for me? Izzy, they drive trotters. They not ride. Okay. Monkey King was picked, driven by Ricky I picked May. up on that too, but I wasn't going to say anything. It doesn't matter. Everyone knew yeah, what you were meaning. That's good, mate. That's good. I like that. Uh, driven. Who's who is that monkey, text? Does that number Ricky look May. familiar to you? Nah, might be, might be Mark Jones, might be Mark Jones, might be Mark Jones. But anyway, anyway, we got John on the line. John Morgan, out of the United States, talking all the MMA. Alf, one of our favourites, Dan Hooker, he is fighting this weekend up against Islam Makachev. He is one of New Zealand's true warriors of New Zealand sport. And this weekend, Dan Hooker is pushing the boundaries in the octagon, even for him. At UFC 267, he has given up his MIQ spot to head to the UAE and fight the dangerous and up-and-coming Islam Matichev, who is being coached by the legend Khabib. Ooh, he'll be very good then. This fight is only going to be 35 days after Hooker's last and very rare feat in the UFC. John Morgan is the lead reporter for MMA Junkie and host of the MMA Roadshow podcast. G'day, John. What's going on, fellas? Not much, mate, not much. Pretty excited for UFC 267 and our very own Dan Hooker, mate. How much respect does Dan Hooker have in the MMA community? An absolute ton. I mean, you laid out the credentials, and, and a warrior is absolutely right. So, I mean, he already had this reputation as an amazing fighter. I mean, he's turned in so many incredible performances in his career. So, you know, he already had the respect of the community, and people know that, hey, anytime mm-hmm. he's on a card, it's going to be a fun scrap. But what he's doing right now this weekend at USC 267 just took that to an entire another level. I mean, you mentioned the, the fact that he's going to have to spend more time away from his family. You know, the fact that he had to stay back in the United States in between and train without his team. You know, all those are big things. And then you add to it the fact that it was for an opportunity to fight Islam Makachev on, on, on short notice, which is kind of the boogeyman of the division. Yeah. Oh, we lost him there, have we? Oh, we've lost him. We lost him. We lost John Morgan. We lost it's a great him. He's dropped off the line. But it's a great accent, back isn't it? Yeah, he is. yeah, it was. It was. But, mate, he's up against it. This guy, he's fighting. He's... He's trained by Khabib. Khabib, and if you remember Khabib, he was the one that tapped out everyone in his division. Um, comes out wearing the afro here. Khabib, N- M- N- I don't really know how to say his last name, or something like that. He's, mate, he was outstanding. Choked out Conor McGregor, annihilated oh, yeah. Conor McGregor, just annihilated the whole division. And he was the guy that, that trained when he was a young guy. He used to train against bears. He used to wrestle the bears. He's, he's very religious. He's Muslim. So he's um, very, very religious. He... He he gave up fighting, so his his father passed away. I think it was a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. And his mum, after he passed away, his mum said, "I don't want you to fight anymore." He was on top of the world, top of the division, and had he was still young too, still had many years left in him. And his mum told him not to fight again, so he gave up MMA and UFC and stepped away from the 
from the fighting game because his mum, and that's just how much he respect he had for his parents and love he had for his old man. Fast, oh, man. That's, good, that's good knowledge that as well is. It's a great story, mm. actually, isn't it? So he wrestled Adam. bears. Yeah, mate. Go look up some clips of um, Khabib Nagumat. Oh, I'll send you the name. I can't really pronounce it. Um, but yeah, he's a, his old man used to make him wrestle bears as a young fella, and there's, there's clips of him. And it's cool, man. It's cool. And uh, he was a special fighter. Special fighter. But do you like UFC? You, you enjoy watching the UFC? Uh, look, I, I like watching boxing. The UFC is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's. Uh, I find it a little bit brutal, to be honest. Um, mm, mm, yeah. But I, I get the. Well, I think it's it's an amazing uh, commercialization of a sport. Um, yeah. Oh, we might have John back. Is he? We got John. You there, John? Sorry about that. Te- the technology is trying to keep me away. They don't want me giving too much props to Dan Hooker. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. It's okay. So what? I just want to, you're talking about Dan Hooker. We'll, we'll carry off on that. But what kind of challenge is he up against with Islam Makhachev? It's a tough one. Stylistically, it's a difficult one. You know, there's a reason that nobody's mm. putting their hands in the air to fight this guy because he is a great wrestler. And that's that's what's challenging about it. You know, I always say, you know, nobody at the UFC level is scared of another fighter, but they do see matchups that make it difficult. And, and you, you mentioned earlier, you know, Habib Nurmagomedov is going to be in his corner. Well, you know, Islam Akhachev mm. isn't the same fighter as Habib, but he does have some of those same characteristics. You know, a, a, a grinding wrestling game, nonstop cardio, uh, and just puts you in difficult positions, uh, especially... You know, the fact that it's only three rounds, since this is not, you know, a main event or a title fight, he won't get that, you know, those extra couple rounds where, where Dan always shows great cardio late that maybe he could outlast somebody. So uh, he's really going to have to be, you know, pressing from the start, and he's going to have to be dealing with that uh, wrestling attack of, uh, of his opponent. Mm. John, just talk to us a little bit about the city uh, kickboxing gym and how they've relocated to the States. How respected is that gym over there? Yeah, unbelievable, Jim. And I'll be honest with you, I'm being a little selfish. I'm kind of glad we get to see see a little bit of them in the United States. You know, obviously the time changes (laughs) and the distance make it tough to talk to these guys at times. But they're an incredibly respected crew, man. What they've been able to establish and accomplish so far is unbelievable. And I I know it's a shame for you guys that they're going to have to leave for a little bit. But selfishly, uh, I'm excited we get to see a little bit more of them. And and I think, you know, they'll get even more exposure uh, to the audience here in, in the United States because it's just an absolute great group of individuals that are that are great fighters but are just good dudes as well you know and i think you spend some time around them um and you can't help but kind of soak in their vibe a little bit so uh, interesting and, and you know hey maybe they'll be able to do some cross training and, and and see some partners that they wouldn't usually get a chance to see so uh you know I, overall i think it's an unfortunate situation but i think it could pay dividends for them down the line most of us kiwis are good dudes mate so it's no surprise <laughs> that you found them found them you know, to be good debatable. dudes <laughs> Speaking of good good Kiwi dudes, what about Israel Adesanya and his match out with Rob Whitaker? What are your thoughts Unbe- on that? Yeah, unbelievable. I think everybody's excited about this one. Um, it's a rematch that's, that's definitely been in the works, and Whitaker has worked his way back to it. Um, you know, Israel Adesanya operating on such a high level, but uh, you know, you think about the way that first fight went down. I just don't, I just don't see that it goes that way again. I think Rob Whitaker's in a different place right now. Mm. Still think it's a tall order. I think Israel Adesanya is the champion for a reason. He is one of the truly greats in the sport. Um, but you know, if you're if you're an Israel Adesanya fan, you think, well, you know, we got rid of that guy one time. It won't be a problem second time around. I I wouldn't be quite that confident. Rob Whitaker seems to have made some real changes mentally and physically. Uh, and he seems to be in a great place. So it looks like February is, is hopefully when we're going to see that fight happen. And uh, I got to say, it's going to be one of the most anticipated fights of the, of the year. 
Yeah, I can't wait for that fight. I can't wait for that. Do you do you have a feeling like last fight, Israel Adesanya's last fight was against Jan Blachowicz. He's fighting, obviously, Texera in the main event. Losing that fight and then being inactive for a wee while will that will that cost, like will that make an effect when he fights fights against Rob Whitaker in February? That's a long time between fights. It is a long time between fights, and that's certainly going to be a concern. I mean, you did have uh, you know the Marvin Vittori fight, but this is going to be a, a completely different style. But you know, I really do feel that that, that, that kind of loss and that setback may have been a big wake up call for Adesanya as well. You know, just kind of mm-hmm. it, it seemed like the world was coming to him, and, and and everything was happening just the way it was supposed to, and the way he dreamed it up. And unfortunately, that's not how things work in the sport of mixed martial arts. You know, you lose focus for one minute, uh, somebody creeps up on you. So. You know, I, I think maybe they'd gotten to a point. I don't want to say he was being complacent, but I think he just felt like, hey, man, this is, you know, this was all destined to be. And I think that that loss to Blahovich was a little bit of a wake-up call for him. And uh, as I said, I, I think this is a, an incredibly exciting fight. The rematch, I, I think, is certainly going to get him pumped up as well. Now we just got to figure out where it's going to take place. Uh, but, of course, as, as you guys well know, it's it's difficult to predict the future in terms of, you know, what nations are going to be available and, and, you know, how people can travel and all that. So it's, it's tough to nail down where it's going to be. I, I wish it could be down in your region. I don't I don't know if that's going to be a possibility uh, by February. But, uh, I mean, a, a fight with those two athletes deserves to be down there if at all possible. Just on Israel Adesanya, I'm, I'm curious to see what is uh, what the perception of him um, around the world is. Here in New Zealand, he's celebrated, albeit slightly polarised. Um, but he, he won our uh, Halberg Sports Person of the, uh, of the Year award a couple of years ago. He delivered quite an incredible speech where he talked about um, how he's trying to go out there and, and take on the world, and we should celebrate people that are trying to do that. I know he's quite brash and a little um, perceived arrogant, but is, what, what's the perception of him over there? I think you nailed it, you know, and, and I think it's very similar here. I think people that take the time to really get to know the guy and to find out the man behind the personality – you know, they see the, the substance that's there and they see some of the things that are going on behind the scenes and, and they understand him a little bit. But, you know, on the surface, he is a little bit polarizing. I think when, when people are first exposed to him, they either love the guy or, or they can't wait to see him lose. I mean, he's an incredible athlete, an incredible showman. And I think, you know, some people are drawn to that, whereas others, you know, they like to see that guy that maybe seems a little cocky. They want to see that guy get humbled, you know. So it's interesting. But then, you know, you've got like the connections to, to people that like anime and things like that. You know, there's all these little layers to him that, that he presents. But, you know, I, I think people are starting to see the real Israel Adesanya a, a little bit. I think, you know, maybe early on in his career, he was just trying to allow us to see what he wanted us to see. And I think people are kind of finding out a little bit more now. And it's not just about you know, that showman, you got to remember, I mean, Israel Adesanya, he kind of came to prominence, um, you know, following the tail end of the Conor McGregor era. Not that it's not still going on, but I don't think Conor's at his peak anymore. And and I think people really Mm -hmm. tried to emulate that and and saw what it did for Conor McGregor. Um, But, but not everybody can be that guy, you know? And, and, And I think once you just, you know, allow people to see who you really are, you know, the greatness of what you do in the cage can be appreciated even more. Uh, Matt, I want to just quickly before we let go. Just want to ask you quickly about um, Paulo Costa, and he just fought Marvin Vittori over the weekend. And um, obviously, there's a lot of controversy with um, not making weight, being overweight, chatting to um, Dana White post match, maybe moving up up to upper division. What's what's your take on Paulo Costa, mate? It, it seems like ever since he lost to Adesanya, and there was a lot of chat before he went into the Adesanya fight, he was actually drinking wine before his fight, so he doesn't care. It looks like he's does he care about the, the, the fighting game and the UFC? 
It's an interesting question, man. What he did this past week was was basically a disrespect to the sport. I mean, coming in at 185 mm. pounds and saying, well, I'm not going to be able to make that. Let's do 195. And, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to make that either. Let's do 205. I mean, every athlete on the roster will tell you the one job is, is to make weight and show up and fight. And so for you to ask your opponent to move up 20 pounds mm. on the week of the fight, uh, unfortunate. For Marvin Vittori, it was a good thing. I've, I've never seen Marvin Vittori have more support than he did this past week. You know, you talk about the, the accolades that Dan Hooker got for what he's doing. Marvin Vittori was in a similar situation where he could have easily said, no, I'm not doing it. And, and he did. And, and he got a lot of love for it and a lot of praise. But as far as Paulo Costa goes, I, I don't know where his head is at right now. You know, he said to us afterwards, the mm. reason was a bicep injury. And that's why he couldn't cut weight. And Marvin Vittori said, wait, a bicep injury, you know, can't you still run? Can't you get on a bike? I don't understand how that precludes you from, from losing weight. So, you know, to be honest with you, I think Polo Costa would be best suited to stay at 205 pounds. I think there's fresh matchups mm. there for him. I honestly think he'd be closer to a title shot there. He's still a dangerous fighter. But you mentioned it, the, the fight with Adesanya, it, it just wasn't entertaining. It's not what we thought we were getting. It was it was quite the disappointment. You know, we thought we were going to get this this bruiser that was going to come out and, you know, swing for the fences against Adesanya and force him to, to deal with that pressure and power, and he just never did it. And to be honest with you, I just don't hear anybody clamoring. You know, in the way that we see Robert Whittaker, we go, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see that rematch. I don't hear mm. anybody saying that with Paula Costa, and I don't mm. mean that with any disrespect. It's just the reality of it. So for me, if I'm being yeah. honest – I'm advising him to stay at 205 pounds. It's probably healthier for him anyway. Those weight cuts have been tough. And I think he'd have a better chance of getting a title shot there against guys like Jan Blahovich mm. or Glover Teixeira who are fighting this week rather than trying to get a rematch with Adesanya, which I don't hear anybody wanting. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Love that. Love that, John Morgan. Great little detail there about the fight game. We really appreciate it. We're Dan Hooker fans here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So we'll be cheering him on, on on Sunday here in New Zealand. So thanks very much for joining us, mate. We thanks, really John. appreciate your time. Take care, John. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, there you go. That was John Morgan out of the United States. Everything MMA. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, and the Kennard Tire phone line is 0800-150-811. A bit of chat about gout in the last hour. Let's try to get some sports chat going um, this hour. Cheers for the message, Luke. Great interview with John Morgan, guys. Chatting MMA, love it when you guys get these guests from the US, like House. Keep that global coverage up. Cheers, Luke. Well, speaking of global coverage and global stories, yesterday morning, the Quinton de Kock fallout from uh, deciding to not protest with Black Lives Matters, or I guess um, join his teammates and take a knee before the game, meant he missed this game of cricket against the West Indies and Baz, it was a huge story yesterday in the cricket and sporting world. Well, not just yesterday, lads, but moving forward, I think it's going to be a huge story as well. And Malcolm Speed, who, uh, well, he's a very respected um, business person, but also administrator, uh, obviously the former CEO of the International Cricket Council as well. He had this to say. My personal view is that no, that that, uh, uh, cricket board should not be able to go that far and direct players on ethical and moral issues and if we think about uh, other ethical moral issues so sexism homophobia uh, we could make a list of other issues like that if we start uh, telling players this is the view that you must take on these issues that takes it a step too far in my view well so that's a slightly contrasting view to the initial uh, views of many people especially on social media um, but also in the sporting world, there was a lot of fallout from this instantly. People questioning whether Quinton de Kock, de Kock's career was in fact over and, and how could he continue, not just for South Africa, but in the game in general. So 
You know, there is contrasting views. I wasn't prepared to nail my flag to the masts on it, and, and I think it is one of those things which we just need more information on, Izzy. 100%. Look, we don't know. I don't know Quinton, and, and a lot of people could probably be taking this the wrong way and thinking, no, he's a racist. But this just comes back down to he's been told what he has to do, and he didn't want to disrespect the knee by being forced into taking the knee and raising a fist. You know, like you've got to be passionate about it. And I'm not saying he's not passionate about it. There's a lot of talk about him from reading a few things that he's he's done a lot of things for Black Lives Matters in in America uh, in the South Africa and and a change in what's gone over in South Africa over the years. He's been a big advocate for that. But look, what Malcolm Speed said just nails it on the head. You can't force people into to doing things just because oh. it's seen as being the right thing to do on the day. You've got to ha- actually have players have got to buy in. You know, it, it feels yeah. it's like being told. You know, you got to you got to do that. You got you know, like certain things like that. It's just yeah. I can understand why he has taken a bigger step. Yes. Yeah. Let us know. Are you with Malcolm Speed or are you with the polarizing uh, viewpoint on Quinton de Kock? Text us on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. It's seven thirty in the morning, which means Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, Murph and McIver back on SENZ tonight. The supercars are returning as well. Petrol heads, you'll be loving it. You'll be really enjoying it. So make sure you stay tuned and get into race control tonight, wherever you are around Aotearoa or on the SENZ app. The lads will be all over that. It's 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Trent Busseton from his base over in Cranbourne over in Melbourne uh, is going to be up on the show very shortly talking about his Derby Savabile favourite. Forgot you. What an exciting time for the busted and young stable. And then the next hour, Chelsea Alley. But a couple of stories to keep us going throughout the morning, lads. Remember the World 12s? Yeah, Steve Hansen, Steve Chu. I think Kieran Reid wanted to coach a team. Well, dearie me. It was dubbed the IPL of rugby. And while the IPL are selling... Team contracts for billions of dollars. Literally, 12 aside can't get any buy in from World Rugby. Shock. Listen to this. Listen to this. So, they have the stakeholders do not. This is World Rugby. World Rugby says the stakeholders do not wish to explore the concept further at this time. The game's major, this is a quote, the game's major stakeholders welcome innovative thinking, well, do you, that has the potential to enhance the sport and new concepts are always given full consideration. Well, are they? A World Rugby spokesperson said, then went on to say, World Rugby has reflected the views of national unions, international and domestic competitions to the group proposing World 12s and have confirmed that, said stakeholders, do not wish to explore the concept any further at this time. So innovative as, open-minded as, but a hard no from World Rugby and I don't think anybody's too shocked about that initially anyway so Steve Hansen, Steve Chu and the crew might have to roll their sleeves up if they want this to happen and in the World 2020 overnight of course our coverage here is with Razine, New Zealand's most paint, uh, trusted paint for the last decade England has smacked up Bangladesh in the, for their second win in the Super 12 stage of the competition. They chased down 124 with just the loss of two wickets. Roy, 61, and David Milan, 28 of 25. Boys, that's what's happening in the sporting world. Baz, Baz, I want to talk to you. You were one of the big, 
you know, one of the big major talking points and one of the factors why the IPL has kicked off and gone to be the phenomenon it is around the world and turning into this absolute beast. When it was created, we know how much power India have in the game of cricket. Cricket, When it was created and it was brought into, into the picture from um, India and, and places like that, was there a black backlash from world cricket? Was there a backlash like this where they can hold all the power and stop um, places and people like this being innovative and trying to create a tournament that could match and enhance the game of rugby? It's such a good question, mate. When Louis was reading that out, as I was just thinking, how can the game of rugby stop any sort of innovation whatsoever? Because if we if we didn't have the IPL, and there's a lot of um, stuck in the mud people who who would say that the IPL has ruined the game. I tell you what, the IPL has made the game because there's now the TV rights deals of IPL and of T20 cricket around the world allow Test cricket and one-day cricket to uh, continue. They allow first-class cricket in New Zealand to continue. They allow the next wave of uh, sporting people to choose cricket because they can make a livelihood out of it. You stop that and the sport dies. You think of football. Even way back in the day, football was a completely different beast to what it is now. Now it's this massive commercial beast where there's all this money. It's this hugely followed thing. How in a in any sort of world when you've got games where the All Blacks are trying to... So the rugby selling point at the moment is the All Blacks playing United States. I mean, are we joking? Like, you think of what could, could actually be achieved and, and how the game could be enhanced by having this innovative new competition which they're talking about and it's not for everyone I get that but it will allow the game to grow it'll, it'll commercialise it and it'll bring a whole heap of money into the game and for some people that's that is important as well it's not just about you know the grassroots as much as we love that you've got to be able to try and bring money into the game to be able to afford to attract the next the next wave of players so yeah there I was just, a lot of I angst just... mate to answer your question there was a lot mm. of angst back in the day when Lalit Modi came out with this this IPL, and there's still probably some animosity towards it now. But if it wasn't for the IPL, mm. it wasn't for T20 cricket, <sighs> cricket would be in would, all sorts of trouble, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, mate. I just look at the way cricket's tra- trajecting at the moment. It's it's probably the second most watched sport in the world now, potentially look, um, touching up with football, you know, around, around the global uh, market, especially with India and the numbers they've got, billion people over there, so population-wise, but I just can't understand why rugby, we just can't be innovative, and, and Northern Hemisphere and Bill Beaumont and Co, Co sitting over there in the offices, um, you know, just, you know, clipping the ticket, just being, just being happy with the same old Six Nations having so much power over the Southern Hemisphere. For me, I want to see something like the Champions League. Champions League, where we have mm. our best clubs around the world playing each other, and we're finding out who is the best club in the world. You know, All Blacks, Internationals, Test Matches, they still go ahead. I know it's about the perfect window, but we need to find something about yeah, about the clubs, mate. Well, I, I pose a question <laughs> back to you is, like, what what are yep. they doing? So if they're not going to take on or welcome innovation, even though they say they do, what are they doing? Yep. What, where are their ideas that are projecting forward the sport? What have they come up with? Nothing. Nothing, mate. They always – someone will come up with something from the south and then they'll go to the north and it doesn't – um, benefit the North, so then they'll shut it down. And then all the North uh, clubs are individually owned, so there's no buy-in from the stakeholders, from Saracens and blah, blah, blah. They're all owned, privately owned, so they don't have any control. 
they have problems with releasing their club players. It's like the problem in Japan at the moment with the, the Auss, uh, Aussie players. So there's just so much disconnect between everyone and everyone trying to look after their own backyard and worrying about themselves instead of worrying about the game of rugby. Rugby, how do we get the game of rugby back to the heights that it was? You know, like the international game, yes, it's always going to be a big part, but we have to be innovative, innovative with the um, commercialisation of the clubs. The clubs are a huge part of rugby, and Crusaders v Saracens over in, in, in England, one of the top clubs there, how good were they? Crusaders v Exeter, Hurricanes versus Exeter over there. You know, yeah. like, things like that. It's just, yeah, there's so many options, but they just they just always disconnect, and they don't get on, and it's north v south. It's like everything. I hope, mm. and I can understand where Steve Chew and Steve Hansen are trying to go. But anyway, um, that's my little Good, strong stuff. I love it. Love the passion as well. And yeah, you can you can hear the frustration in your voice too. Is let us know what you think. Double eight, double three, is the it the right option to just kill any sort of innovation from those who sit outside of the current governing body of of world rugby. Really interesting. We've got Trent Bustin coming up very soon. The Spaznizzi for breakfast on SNZ. All right, we're quarter to eight on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Remember, they've got the Kenar Tire phone line, 0800 150 811. Give us a call on World Rugby and their lack of innovation. Alice has sent a brilliant text. We'll get to that. Also, gig on Black Lives Matter and the Quinton de Cox situation. We'll get to that before the end of the hour. But Baz, it's Derby weekend. Huge weekend, lads. And if you want to find a promoter of New Zealand breeding and someone that loves flying the New Zealand flag in Australia, then look no further than Trent Bussett and his training partner and partner, Natalie Young, the Kiwis who are over in Victoria, and they make a habit of winning Australia's biggest stakes races with Kiwi breeds, I might like to add. This weekend, they've got the favourite, Forgot <laughs> You, in the Victorian derby, and it, well, it's a Savabille, funnily enough. Yeah, flashbacks, anyone? Sex to the leader, he chopped off Manu Manui as he darts down to the inside Induna running on, Sexter in front with 75 to go, Induna charging, Sexter ran a half in front Induna diving but missed Sexter by a head Induna Oh, 2011 VRC Derby, a young trainer at the time, Trent Busserton got the lollies with Sexter, well he's on the line with us now, good morning mate Morning Baz, morning how are you? Good. Oh, good, good to hear from you, mate. What a what is what's going on over there? Everything ticking away. The horses just getting themselves ready. Forgot you. We're pretty excited about. Yep, certainly. It's sort of a couple of days out, and uh, everything's gone smooth according to plan. And changed very quickly, as you saw with Zaki last week. But Touchwood sort of with our two horses in the Derby, we've had a uh, trouble-free prep so far, and. Um, Hopefully it can continue. So, Izzy, just just for your info as well, mate, Trent's one of the best tipsters going around, so we're going to get a little tip out of him yep, a little yeah, bit later yeah. on, one that might be a little bit off the radar. But, mate, just let's talk about the derby. What What is it about derby week that just gets you up and rolling? Why is it so special? Oh, look, I, I simply think it's, it's a, you know, it's a grand final of, of the racing calendar in Australia, there's nothing like it. You know, they, they get 500,000 people to the races over four days and just the whole city, it, it's what it's about. The sort of, the sporting calendar is all about the, the AFL, the footy, and that sort of finishes up the finals and then it moves on to the racing and, and they just genuinely love it. They sort of, I think it's like the New Zealand public are predominantly, you know, all black rugby people, but the uh, racing over here is certainly... <laughs> mainstream and 
the young people get behind it and there's a lot of young ownership in it and it's uh, it's just a big buzz around the city and uh, yeah, if you, if you can't get up and going about this week, you probably shouldn't be in the game. Oh mate, I'm up and going. Since I joined the show, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, I'll be right in the punt to the wives' demise, mate. She hates it. But anyway, that's okay. Well, I just want to ask you about the conditions. So the condition, I'm looking at uh, stats for Forgot You. Soft goes good, wet goes good, good it goes really good. So conditions-wise, you would it be, wouldn't be a problem for you and Forgot You, the horse? No, it's not an issue, which is one of the good things about Savabeel. Um, Baz knows plenty about Savabeel, and uh, they seem to get away with everything, which is good. It takes it out of the equation, but you're very unlucky to get a wet track at Flemington these days throughout the summer and spring. It's sort of unbelievably draining. So, um, But either way, it's something we don't have to worry about. The hardest thing about Savaboo is trying to buy them these days, but the ones that you seem to be able to buy seem to be able to run pretty well. So, yeah, when are you coming back over? Obviously, the New Zealand Ready to Run sale is coming up too, and you can't get over here, but have you got someone on the ground who's looking to shop for you? We do. Um, yes, we do. Andrew Campbell, who uh, trained Tavistock and is a good friend of mine, he, um, he'll be doing all the farm inspections. But the good thing is it's the Ready to Run sales predominantly if they're about the way the horses breathe up at the end of the day and um, so we can watch them online and sort of in the last 12 months it's it's become the norm sort of last year we didn't get there we didn't get there for the for the um, yearling sale so it is what it is we certainly miss the hospitality and miss getting back to New Zealand but uh, <laughs> soon for later we've got to open things up don't you Oh, let's, let's hope so. Let's okay, hope so. No, it, it spends a bit of time on our show, that conversation, but all well, that topic. Um, but no, looking forward to having you back over here, mate, and, and um, looking forward to having a beer with you when that when that time comes. How many uh, how many horses you and Nat got in the stable now over there in, in Australia? Uh, we've, got, we've got 75 in work, and you sort of, the general rule is whatever you have in work, you have double that on your books as far as some being in oh. pre-training, young yearlings coming through and, and some spelling and we've probably you know, there are big stables like Kieran Maher and the Hayes and, and that, they're sort of on a different level but we're probably one of the one of the biggest stables with around sort of that 100 and, 100 and work in pre-training but look, you're racing every day, you have a lot of slow horses and sort of they find their mark and then moved on quickly, you know, those those digital sales are very good. You can win a couple of races with them and, and then they move on to other parts of the country and sort of country racing and are able to carry on racing and carry on winning. So it, it's, it's good, it's a good system. But you've certainly got to have them coming through and you've got to be buying. So I bought three or four at the Ready to Race in Sydney and bought a couple in England overnight. So, But we'll obviously continue to support uh, the New Zealand sales very heavily as we do so. Nice, nice. Well, quickly, we love a tip on the show, and Baz bought us a tip. He loves giving us tips. What's your tip, mate? Give us a wee hot tip, other than <laughs> Forgot You. Uh, I've got a filly, a Fastnet Rock filly on um, that day in the Wakefield Stakes. Now she's uh, called Audrey Girl. She'll be big odds. She'll be 20 to 1, but she'll run top three. She's, uh, she's got plenty of stout pedigree on her damn side. Getting up to 2,000 metres for the first time, and I think she runs top three, and then I think she heads for the Oaks next Thursday all going well. 
Well, I tell you what, she won't be 20 to 1 when we get off here at 9 o'clock over here, that's for sure. Trent, um, well, we, we do know you love a nice celebration as well. And we, well, let us just play a little clip for you. And he did it tough way, three deep on speed again. Like when he kicked and the favourite came off our back, I thought, ah, oh, f***. But uh, he toughed it out like he was going to go past him and he poked his neck out. Oh, that was one of my favourites. Talk us through that. Pure, pure class. I'd probably had about, uh, I don't know, 30 nervous fears running into the day. It was late in the day and uh, uh, take the boy out of the box and the box and had the boy. So sort of, I was just after that for a long, long time. Oh, mate, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. And he's good fun to race a horse with, no doubt. We we should get a horse with him. Is he? That's what we should do. Get a horse with yeah. Trent and Nat well, over there in Australia. Have a chat to a couple of those rugby rugby captains for a post match interview, mate. How cliche, eh? Anyway, I did buy a nice Avabil at the ready to race sale in Sydney the other day. Cheap for a Avabil, only a hundred thousand. Off white. I saw that. Yeah, I saw so, uh, that. Hard. Hard to go wrong with one of those, so there are shares available in there if anyone wants to get on the website and have a look. You might want to keep 5% aside for me, just until I, I need to just get paid from India first from the IPL, so if you could just put it on tick for a while, Trent, that would be marvellous. Happy to for a team here. Good man. All right, mate, well, all the best this weekend, especially with uh, with the favourite Forgot You and also your other horse in the race, Commander Harry, and thanks heaps for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Trent. Thanks, bud. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Legend. There's Trent Buston over in Australia who trains, of course, in partnership with his partner, Natalie Young. Good Kiwis doing good things over in Australia in the racing game. It is 7.53 in the morning on Baz Nizzi for breakfast. We'll be back very soon. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're one minute away from Trudy and the news, but... Kirsty, the disgust to do that to my skipper, <laughs> Baz McCullen. Oh, filthy. Peggy Styrus, ow. That's disrespectful <laughs> to my good skip. Don't ever do that to a girl again. Girl, uh, we've got a few texts here. Before we get off to, to Trudy, going to talk to the boys, maybe get a percentage in that Savile Bill from Trent, from the listeners <laughs> being awesome boys trip. We can all travel. Keen as mustard. Been to please the pots this morning as he first craze of the season. That is from Joe and Gizzy. That would be a great idea, Joe and Gizzy. Maybe get get a little percentage for the for the listeners because me and Baz, well, we've signed ourselves up to Trent. So there we go. We're on. We're on. The girls don't know, but that's okay. And a quick one. Silly stuff from the IRB. It's not like Steve and those boys at the top are unproven businessmen. Can't wait to see where the game goes, even if it goes anywhere at all. However, still a massive codehead, but more the footy, the better. So there you go. Big questions to be asked of New Zealand rug- oh, World Rugby. Coming up, anyway, we've got a legend, Chelsea Alley, after the break. Chat to her about the Black Ferns. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees. And here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Thursday the 28th of October, and it's just after 8 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Shocking news. You're not vaccinated. I can't believe it. Don't be a dick. Get a prick. Come on, man. Get out there. Sort it out. Nice. Get a jab. We're moving on. We're moving forward. Oh, if we're going to lockdown, a whole more. Anyway, that's enough venting from me. <laughs> We've had a good couple of hours. We've talked all things gout. 
Jade from uh, Jade spoke to us from Gizzy, and he spoke to us about his goutness and all things gout, and he said it was no good. Mudgy as well, he said the gout was no good. Chelsea, we got her coming up. Wonder if she's had gout. Anyway, before we get to Chelsea, <laughs> we've had Trent busted in on. He's had, he's got a good chance in the derby with favourite. Forgot you. Great to chat to him. He gave us a wee tip too. He gave us a wee tip. If you've missed that tip, go over to our podcast. Go to our podcast. It's a good tip. It's a very good tip too. So go to our podcast and you'll get that tip from Trent Busseton. That is on the SCNZ app and you'll hear from Trent Busseton. And then coming up, we're counting down to Cup Week. 11 days out and it was 11 NZ Trotting Cups ago in 2010 and a very special horse, Monkey King, driven by Ricky May. This morning we'll chat to Monkey King's trainer, Brendan Hill. So Brendan Hill is coming up. Keep the Texas coming through. With the COVID cases, COVID-19 cases, Canterbury v Tasman tomorrow. I'm working that game. Will it still go ahead? Wow, that's the interesting news. We'll have to wait and see. But before then, we've got to cross over to the UK and our very special friend on the show. Two and a half years is a very long time, especially when you're waiting to play 100th test. That's the territory the Black Ferns find themselves in at the moment after a very niggly year or so with COVID restrictions, but the wait is over and our Black Ferns are in the UK on tour preparing for their 100th test, which will be a test. England in the UK this weekend. Chelsea Alley is a friend of the show and top Black Fern. Good morning, Chelsea. How are you, my mate? Yeah, morena, uh, Izzy. Answer your question before. No, I have never experienced gout, but um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome to be over here. <laughs> Do you know anyone that's had gout? You got the hard hitting questions to start the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Baz wow, and Izzy for breakfast, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have learned by now. I've been on enough times. <laughs> Well, Baz has got a little conundrum. He's eating seafood, and so we just thought he might begin a bit of gout. We had a few callers that have had gout, and it's not pleasant. But anyway, we'll get into some rugby, mate. How are you settling yeah. in over in Exeter in UK? You doing all good? How's the squad? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Um, obviously, so excited. It's a massive, massive occasion coming up this weekend. Um, not only yeah. our first test in two and a half years, which is just crazy to think, but, yeah, the Black Ferns 100th test ever. So, massive occasion for us, obviously, playing against England, who who are our biggest um, rivals, I'd, I'd say, in world rugby. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be huge. And the team's bound together really well, um, considering the kind of the environment we're living in over here. It's, it's not like a, mm. a usual tour would be. Um, there's a, a lot more restrictions in place. So, yeah, well, we've had to bind together pretty tight as a team to... Um, to overcome it all there's no better way to get those connections flowing when you're on tour you're in the hotel you're surrounded by each other every single day and uh so how's how's like tour life been have the girls been getting those connections strong the environment glenn moore has he been leading the way yeah definitely um as i just mentioned like it's not the normal tour we we, we, we can't go out or we can't go out for coffee we mm. can't go to the supermarket or the malls or do any activities so We've really, um, we've had no choice really, but to hang out a lot as a team. Um, yeah. You, you got to look at the positives in that, and the connections we're making um, are, are unreal. And I know for myself, I've been in this team a long time, but I've been able to really get to know a lot of the girls that I, I wouldn't usually um, spend much mm. time with or, or talk to yeah. in depth. So we've, we've got an amazing team room set up. 
Um, and we've tried to make it feel as homely as possible. We've got friends of our uh, photos of our friends of Fano up up in the team room and and GM our our head coach, like you said, is really leading the way with making sure that we're all comfortable and um, we're we're not all. We've got some real young ones on tour as well, so. We've got a leadership yeah. group as well as Glenmore and the management who are who are reaching out and making sure that that they're feeling comfortable and not too homesick, um, considering it's their first time away from home for some of them. So, yeah, we're, we're really binding together and um, doing the best we can. Nice. Well, you spoke about it. The 26 uh, months, two and a half years um, since you played your last test. Last week, you had a little run through against the England under 20s, and uh, you know you had a couple of games there. Were you able to get enough out of those? Um, games building up towards England this weekend? Yeah, definitely. We we fielded two different teams. So um, we mm. had one team play against the England under-20s and, and another team play against the Wales um, women's team, which was awesome. Um, two 30-minute mm. hit-outs. And, yeah, I think just for the girls to get a run wearing the Black Ferns kit, we didn't wear the black jersey. We wore our training jerseys, but it just adds another edge of excitement and we really needed those um, hit outs because like we haven't played on international soil in so long. Um, we haven't played against anyone except our mates around the country for the last two and a half yeah. years. So um, I think just uh, it gave the girls a bit of confidence and uh, let us sort out our, our combos and stuff a bit, um, blow out a few cobwebs and um, yeah, just it, it gave us some footage to have a look at to, to alter and, mm. and tweak moving into this test week. Chelsea Spaz here. Just um, what can we expect from a style of play from the girls when we turn on the TV and watch us take on England in that first test? Um, yeah, hey, Baz. Um, so, obviously, oh, if you've watched the Black Ferns before, um, <laughs> what what I think we've got uh, over the other teams around the world is just that the natural flair of a New Zealand rugby player. So, we've got just talent. Um, right across the pla- right across the park, we've got so much speed out wide. Um, we've got a, mm. a few of the Tokyo um, Olympic gold medalists back in our team from the sevens crew. Nice. Um, so they bring an, another edge of um, of performance and have, has kind of elevated the whole group. Um, so I mean, you're gonna see girls in black jerseys absolutely fizzing. We know what this test means this weekend. We, we haven't been let out on international soil in a test match in mm. so long. And mm. being the 100th test, um, we've talked a lot about past players and, and how they've paved the way for us and what they've done for the black jersey and for the legacy of the black jersey. So we're not only playing for ourselves this weekend, we're playing for all of those who have gone before us, all of those who will come after us, and for all of those um, that we've left back home. So I think turn on the TVs at 3.30 this morning on Monday. Uh, next Monday morning, and um, you'll see some some bloody oh, we'll exciting up. rugby. Yeah, you'll see girls <laughs> we'll willing to put their put their bodies in some dark places. <laughs> oh, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Awesome to hear. It's great to hear you guys got that kind of real custodian of the jersey culture as well. Chelsea, just what about um? So, so you guys will throw it around as you've always done. What about the English side? Have they? Will they sort of be a little bit more dour in their their approach, or do they like to be quite aggressive too? Yeah, the thing with the English team is um, they've they've improved immensely over the last kind of five six years, and um, they've been playing Six Nations regularly. So they've had quite a lot of Test matches in the last last few years where they've um, they've been able to refine their game plan and and their skill. And 
they've evolved from having um, big big players who you know like to run hard and straight to having big players with a bit of footwork and, and actually getting a bit of flair about the way they play. So uh, we've done our homework a lot and we're very aware of kind of their strengths and, and have kind of picked areas where we think we can target them. So um, they are not shy or quiet about the fact that they think that they're number one in the world as well. So <laughs> laying down that hucker this weekend, eh, it's going to be, there's going to be sparks in the air. I can just feel it already. Beautiful. I'm getting tingles about it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Oh. Do they not know you haven't played and they've played 14 games? That's why they're number one. Anyway, we won't get you started. We don't want to feed them any ammo because that's what they probably they probably live off. Hey, you've got nine new caps in the side and you got a you got an interesting uh, squad full of um, youth and experience. How the have the new caps been on tour and you know how have they been um, mixing and mingling with the old older players? Um, yeah, it's been awesome. We've, we've actually got 14 rookies on tour. Um, so we've almost oh. got the same amount of rookies as we do kind of capped players, which which is awesome. Um, wow. They just, yeah. you, you know what it's like when um, you, you get a bunch of rookies on tour and they just um, bring a whole kind of breath of fresh air and, and new excitement and every everything mm. for them is for the first time from like, you know, getting your first bit of kit to getting on a plane and, and traveling as a contingent. So uh, it's been awesome. We've seen a lot of rookie skits, <laughs> which I always love. Yes. Um, yeah, ro- rookies don't clean boots anymore, though. I don't know what's kind of happened there. Everyone's gone. <laughs> just a new generation. Oh, you know one of those ones, yeah. A new era. They're too, they're too busy doing TikToks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've been asked to get in a TikTok, I have no idea what I'm doing. But <laughs> oh, no, nah, it's good though. It's hey. good. That'd be awesome. Nice and and with the state of, of women's rugby, like Super Rugby All Picky, like next year, the Black Ferns Tour leading into the World Cup, you must be pretty happy with all this exposure the women's game's getting. Yeah, pretty pumped. Like obviously we've been um, we haven't had much in the last few years. Um, even though we've yeah. all still been working just as hard behind the scenes, so I think it's time. Um, especially like you said in the lead into the Women's World Cup, the first one ever in New Zealand. Super Rugby for the first time, you know, we get to represent our franchises. Um, I think the, the amount of talent in New Zealand um, from grassroots right up right up through the through the grades now is just unreal. And I think it's it's time for, for the women to be seen and um, for girls to be able to see um, mm. women reach, reach pinnacle events and, and play the, the type of rugby that we're able to play just to... Um, give them, you know, some hope and, and something to aspire to as well. So that's very exciting. Yeah, nice. Hey, I just want to ask you a quick question before we let you go. It's about the men's game. So today there was some news that World Rugby has shut down the World 12s event that Steve Chu and and Steve Hanson were trying to get off the ground for a rugby fan. Was that Would that be something that excites you, a new competition? Yeah, oh, I'm a bit up in the air about it, eh? It's just... Like for me, okay. I know seven, sevens is obviously massive. You got the tens yep. there that um that you know has has got a bit of traction as well. And I just wonder if if then having a twelves is gonna kind of dilute the talent within the between the sevens and the fifteens. Um, yep. So I'm not sure it's 100 percent necessary, but 
man, I just love rugby. So if a 12th competition is going to be played, I'll definitely be tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Love that from yeah. you, Charles. Okay, well, this is, this is a good little opinion from you, mate. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it you're here on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. No, it's good. It's good, mate. I love it. You're passionate. <laughs> um, we'll let you go, mate. You got, you're busy over there, but con- congratulations and all the best for this sad day. Oh, this Monday, I should say, early morning Monday against England and your 100th test. I look forward to watching that haka and uh, you girls going out there and doing battle, mate. All the best and we'll chat Thanks. soon, eh? Good Thanks, luck, Sam. I look forward to um, seeing your alarm set on your Instagram, as he and up, <laughs> up watching up at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to oh, hold you to mate, it. Can't wait. <laughs> 3.30. Oh, we start later that, that day, do I? The, the black caps are on. Look forward to it. There you go. Get off. Oh, Get out of here. See you later, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Okay, Chelsea Alley, she's a legend, mate. She's cool. So her partner coaches Waikato, James Semple over there. So it was good chatting to him, mate. We'll just whip off a few of these texts to get through. Um, there's one about the the World Twelves as well, um, Bez. It's from Steve. It says, "Sorry guys, I'm worried about the local game in New Zealand, e.g., club and NPC than a World World Twelves rugby tournament. Already hearing there will be a mass exodus of player to the M- players to the MRL." which is the major rugby league tournament in America, next year, will, which will damage club rugby even further. Clubs are on the bones of their thumbs at the minute, even more so with COVID-19 lurking around. I generally feel for the local game, Steve. And that's similar to what Chelsea was talking about as well, Bears. Maybe a 12s with 7s and 10s, maybe it might dilute the game. What, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, the only thing I'd say is at the moment with the sevens and, and the, the, the 15s, it's not growing the game enough at this point in time to be able to make everything sustainable. So is it about coming up with a new product or is it about doing the product that you've got better? So I don't know the answer to that, but it was an interesting difference of opinion somewhat from Chelsea there as well. Mate, I just loved the passion that she was talking about, you know, like playing for the jersey and, and talking about the past players and... and even just the fact that those are the conversations which are going on within the Black Ferns unit, you know that there's a, 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 a fantastic culture in and about that environment. When you start, when you understand that you're respecting those who have been before and you're playing for those who mm. will come after, I think it's a, a pretty awesome space culturally to be in. So looking forward to watching the girls play, mate. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And I loved it. You know, you think about most of those, a couple of those girls have got um, kids as well. So the kids wouldn't have had to wouldn't travel. Liz Alda, she's a skipper. She's just had a baby. She's you know, baby's at home with with dad, and these girls have had to travel. Mothers, you know how important mothers and kids are to kids are to their mothers. So um, they've made a lot of sacrifices. But I love that, and it was a big part of the All Blacks too, mate. You're only caretakers of the jersey. You never own that jersey, and she just summed it up really well there. And I'm looking forward to that because we know what the English are like, mate. They're probably the same as cricket. You know, they they are different beasts. They are a different breed. With how they go about things, they will be skiting, they will be carrying on. They are current uh, world number one in the world at the moment in the women's game. So looking forward to that, mate. Audrey Gill just got 25 and $5.50. Great money. There you go. Audrey Gill. Snooksy. Hey, we might just take this call, eh? What about we get on the on the blower here to Dean? I know we've got to go to a break shortly, but why don't we have a quick chat to Dean about the NZRU? Dean, are you there? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I am. What do you got for us hey, on yeah. Dean's Nizzy for breakfast? Well, we've got no money. Like, clearly rugby got no money. We're going to Wales now to play Wales C, which I just can't, defies logic to me. Like, Brett of Heaven, years ago, sitting with your granddad watching on the couch, blew me away. You know, like, I, 
I'd love to go to that stadium one day if I'm even out of the bloody country and watch the All Blacks play a top quality Welsh team. That ain't going to happen. That pisses me off. But why can't we sell Southland for seven hundred million, flag Super Rugby all together? The Pacific team can play in our NPC, and because every bugger wants to steal our players, so why can't the kids now watch like Aaron Smith playing for Manawatu? I like the old days, and if, if rugby is as big as what we hope it is. Well, surely we've got the best competition on the planet with NPC and we're diluting it to an under-20 competition because all the good players are away with Super Duty or All Black Duty or something. But now, it looks like the All Blacks are going on tour and playing no one. Like, what's going on? What are they doing yeah. at NZR? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we sell it? Like, surely. They're buying well, that, all I our guess players. to sell it, you've got to have a buyer. You've got to have a buyer to sell it. And maybe the product's not quite as good as what we all think it is. Maybe that's... Maybe that's the issue. Well, it can't be. Otherwise, we wouldn't be buying all our players. So the product's fantastic. It's diluted to hell at the moment and probably not worth watching. But you put all the super players out of Super Rugby back into NPC like the old days when Izzy and Zach used to play for Hawks Bay, Amby and All Black. Why not? Well, 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 the only thing I'll say about that, the only thing I'll say, I appreciate you call, Dean, and it's fantastic, but those were also the days when New Zealand, when the All Blacks were World Cup champions, which we currently are not. Anyway, good thoughts. Appreciate you joining us. It's great that you gave us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line as well. Thanks, Dean. No worries. All good. Have a great Good passion. Love he's the passion from passionate. Dean. How good that is, eh? The rugby passion. He's always passionate, bro. He's always passionate, Dean. And he loves NPC. And I, I love the NPC too, mate. It is... Where, where it all starts for rugby, and um, but yeah, he's always going to be pe- seven hundred million for the Southland Stags. Yeah, Jesus, oh, we'll get him on one of my horses at Caracas. I reckon if he's going to start <laughs> throwing that sort of cash around, it's eight twenty-one in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. All righty, we've got a great text here from JD in Mount Eden. Lads, three for Derby Day. Tutu Kaka in the Derby, Tafane in the Empire Rose, and Superstorm in the Cantala. Cheers, JD. JD, I'm loving your oil. I reckon you're very close to the mark with all three, but in particular, Superstorm at double figures for me in the Cantala is a great bet with that Zaki, Probabil, and I'm Thunderstruck form around it. Loving that from you, mate. Right now, it's time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. The party is in the building. Morning, Paul. Yeah, morning, boys. How are we? Oh, Paul, Paulie. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. What What are we doing today? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you ever had gout? Have you ever had gout, Paulie? Uh, no, I've never had the pleasure of uh, having gout, unfortunately. No, never. <laughs> Not trying hard enough. They reckon. <laughs> Not trying hard. No. <laughs> oh. What do you got for us, Paulie? Uh, what have we got today? We've, uh, of course, we've still got the T uh, Twenty uh, bonus back uh, promotion at the World Cup. Um, and what's the game tonight? Is it? Is it the Aussies tomorrow morning? Early tomorrow morning, Australia, Sri Lanka. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we've got the bonus back promotion on that one. Just head to the TAB website to check out all the T's and C's around that. Uh, we've also got a same-game claim promotion on a couple of basketball games today. New Orleans up against Atlanta and Portland up against Memphis. Uh, and then I'm just checking the racing side of things as well. 
Uh, what have we got today? Just... Oh, there we are. Yes, we've got a $25,000 guaranteed late quality at the Aroha, and we've got a $5,000 guaranteed first four on every race at the Addington Greyhounds. Beautiful, Paul. Hey, Paul, by any chance, did yep. you hear Trent Bussard yep. when he came on the show? No, I didn't. No. Well, today we need our showdown bit, right? Yes. I reckon yeah, well, he did hear he... it. <laughs> Has he skimmed the odds already, Baz? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think we were talking 750 a place, and they've just been slashed to $5. <laughs> that stuff. Audrey Ooh. Girl. Audrey Girl race three at Flemington in the uh, Wakefield Stakes. It's a bit of a rough one, but it's, they're hoping to back it up in the Oaks, so it's got to go well. Daniel Moore, good jock on, getting $26 and five fifty. And lads, is that are we are we pulling the trigger? Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Is you happy? I'm happy. Yeah, hundred percent. Are we just going on the nose or what? <laughs> That's aggressive. <laughs> That's aggressive. Should we have a little each way? What about, what about a little each way? Can we do that? Seventy-five, twenty-five. 75 yep. the place, 25 the win? Yep. Paul? Yep, why not? Why not 50-50? Yeah, 50-50, you're right. Yeah, we'll Stakes and ladders. Yeah, 50-50. So 50, 50, 50 each way 50 on each. Audrey Gill. Yeah. 50 each way, Audrey Gill at 26 and 550 uh, in the Wake Full Stakes uh, Race 3 Flemington on Saturday. Well, well, well. That's <laughs> <laughs> I hope it gets in because the the breakfast boys are currently in last place in the UCNZ showdown. We're in the game for a long time, Paulie. Don't worry about that. It's not a 100-metre dash. This is a marathon. Um, But I think you've got to put the binoculars on to to be able to see staff who's way out in front with a a positive account of $952 at the moment. He is just flying. Um, And the shark, of course who had the biggest win last week, gets the $100 bonus bet this week. And he's going to be backing Tavi Mack uh, in that open handicap over 1,400 metres at Awapuni on Saturday, currently paying $2.30 fixed. So that's where the Sharks going this week. Tavi Mack races at Awapuni. Very good. Well, the tortoise and the hare fable is one I like to keep up my sleeve, so let's play that one out again. Thank you very much, Paul Mwate from the TAB. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. It is now, oh, we've just run a little bit over time. No problems. It's time for the news with Trudy and Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Alrighty, we're 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock. We've got Brendan Hill coming up shortly. Of course, the trainer of the star, the king, the monkey, the monkey king, who won back-to-back New Zealand Cups 11 New Zealand Cups ago for our countdown to Cup Week on day 11, number 11. Baz, well, we're going to have to find out what Baz is eating for breakfast before the end of the show because I've got a feeling he's got plenty to share. So we'll get... It's no good. Our, well, that's the verdict? <laughs> no good, mate. Who serves this rubbish? I sent you fellas a message on the on our on our private group. That's terrible. 
Anyway, sorry, carry on. That's <laughs> all right. We'll get it. <laughs> I'm still waiting to um, cook up the, the, little, the little part of the show. We do Baz's breakfast reviews each morning, but maybe we'll start that tomorrow. A couple of quick ones to rip through. Um, look, this is, a, this is a really interesting story that I wish we, we could have got into more in depth this morning, but maybe we'll chase it up next week because it does kind of tie into the world rugby situation. So the three Australian players have left the Wallabies in the lurch here, um, three of their stars on their northern tour. And it sounds like they're going back to go to go back to their uh, Japanese sides. This is Samu Karevi, Sean McMahon, and I think the other player is Quade Cooper even. They're all slightly different scenarios, but what the Sydney Morning Herald is reporting is that the Japanese clubs actually gave them their blessings to miss the preseason. So it really probably says more about what they want to do and whether they want to be playing for the Wallabies, which is a concerning position to get into. And I know that there's a lot of outrage within Rugby Australia. One thing that's for sure is that the communication has been shocking throughout this because there's been a breakdown um, of mammoth proportions, really, when you think about whether they knew, whether they didn't know. The reality is they're not going to be there on tour. Samu Karivi, Sean McMahon, and it looks like Quade Cooper as well. So that's really interesting in the kind of um, spectrum of what we're talking about this morning with what is priority on the global stage. And Anthony Joshua, you would have heard this earlier as well, he said he's done with losing. He's considering a coaching shake-up. His quotes, I'm done with losing. I'm done with trying to learn the sweet science. Um, he, Usage might get thrown on the floor the next fight because this is a war. Uh, lots of boxing critics are coming out and saying, you've said this before, mate, we want to see it. We want to see it. So whether AJ can get up and about, we will see that in the coming days, in the coming months, in the coming years when he has to try and peg his way back to the top of the pile. But, boys, it is 24 minutes to nine, and with Brendan Hill coming up shortly, it's a good time to do this. Get Nasser on the phone. He is in another orbit. Lazarus does it again. SNZ is pacing for purpose. Thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. Yes, hrnz.co.nz, go live the dream with Harness Racing. Izzy, we've actually been going pretty good on this front. Yeah, we have, mate, we have, and I'm trusting you here again. Scan man? Scan man or what? Yeah. Where are you going? Scan man. Baz, we are, you'll appreciate this innovation. We've outsourced pacing the purpose because we decided that when the Child Cancer Foundation is on the line, we want to get a collect. So we've outsourced it to Troy the Scan Man Scanlon, who knows the South Island harness form better than anyone. And today he's come through for Methven tomorrow. Race nine, classy Robin, was put straight back to the black book two starts ago after beginning quickly getting caught parked and getting some cover and getting no clear air in the straight, pushing them over the line. Had no lock from a poor draw next up, so put a line through that. Over the 1,700 metres stand here is some risk, as Methvin, you generally need to be on the speed, but from a quick, uh, from the good draw with a quick beginning, she can take this at a good each way price, maybe around five dollars and two bucks. Not sure what it'll open up as, but it's up to you whether you go each way or on the nose. And I got a feeling we're just going to punch the nose, and are we? Five bucks thereabouts. Yep. Yeah. What is it? What, what race is that? Race nine, Classy Robin tomorrow at Methvin. Classy Robin. Yeah, I like it. Well, I'm keen. You, what about you, Bears? I don't even know what we're doing, but let's go for it. Um, as long as it's on the nose and there's with conviction, I'm all in. Have a crack. <laughs> so we're doing a we're doing a thing for pacing for purpose. We're going to pick a horse every week. Well, Troy's scan man has been Scanlon has been helping us out. He's been doing all right. And what we take the winnings and the winnings, uh, we donate it to child cancer. 
We donated to Child Cancer Winning. So we've won the last two. We've donated the last tw um, two races to Child Cancer. I think we've raised about 500 bucks, four, 400 bucks, something like that. So it's been all right. And then we just, yeah, we'll put this on the horse and we'll get the win and we'll donate again. We're on a streak. Yeah, like it. Perfect. Like it. Have a go. Feed the hot hand, they say. On the nose. Classy Robin. Beautiful on the nose, stuff. Classy Robin. <laughs> <laughs> right, 8.38 in the morning. Coming up next, we have the New Zealand Cup Week Countdown, Brennan Hill, and we are talking Monkey King. Stars of the turf. But it's up, up to Yark, our shark. Champions of the track. He's the best in the land. Sunday's son won it. The best to ever pace. And once again, Lazarus has arisen. And the calls will never forget. He's an equine masterpiece. He's fearless. This is Baz and Izzy's New Zealand Cup Week Countdown. Well, we are 11 days out from Cup Week. So today, 11 New Zealand Trotting Cups ago. It was 2010, the year, and it was a very special horse. Monkey King, who went back-to-back -back in the New Zealand Trotting Cup in powerful fashion. The monkey's brave. He comes, Monkey King. It's smoking up. He hit the lead, Monkey King. Ricky May's going to win another New Zealand Cup. You play it against him. Monkey King will be smoking up in Sleepy Trip. Played again, Sam. The little pacer was brilliant going back-to-back. -back. It was the genius, Ricky May. A friend of our show who was in the cart, who was getting a, a lot of the punters paid on both of the days. Monkey King's story, well, it's an interesting one. The man who trained him to back-to-back back, back success, Brennan Hill, who took sole responsibility for the horse after he was, he was an established star, but took him on an amazing ride. And Brennan joins us this morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Reflecting on a really special time in his career. Good morning, Brennan. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Excellent. Well, that must bring back a few fond memories. It gives me goosebumps, to be honest. It's, um, what, it's 11 or 12 years ago now, roughly. And, um, yeah, it's still, you know, you don't forget that sort of stuff. Very, very special time in our lives. Mate, tell us a little bit about the monkey as well. When did you know he was as special as what he was? Well, from what I recall, I think Stephen and I broke him in when I was working for Stephen, Stephen Reed, that is, you know, as a yearling. And I remember Reed Man saying, we've got to turn him out. He's, um, when we broke him, he's just got so much speed and he didn't know where to put his feet. And that might have been on a second prep. So I remember then Reed Man really, really liked him. And um, I think then he come back, you know, as a three-year-old, he almost won his first start. I think it was his seventh start and he won the, on the derby for Stephen. So, yeah, early on, I think, from what Reed Man, what I remember, you know, he, he, had, he had a lot of speed. What what made him take? I always talk about the horses. They're like athletes, and you know, you need something to get going. What was it about this horse that you knew it was great and it was good? And what made it tick? You're right. Yeah, you, you did right there. He um he had a great gait. I think all good horses have a good gait, good way of pacing, a big heart, the will to win. I think a lot of good horses, and definitely him. He knew he was good. Like he had something um pretty special about him, and um. He just—he was a pretty sound horse right through, right up probably till the end, um, and um, looked after himself. And probably, probably a big thing is um, people don't realise how much Ricky May looked after the horse when I had him. You know, winning those races, we didn't run—you know—it wasn't a picket fence form going into those New Zealand Cups, but we were still happy with him. So, you know, he looked after him a lot, and a lot of people don't like that as, as trainers or owners, but it worked for Monkey. Mm. 
uh, let's talk about that. You're going into the 2009 Cup. Were you, were you confident? Were you confident heading into that, knowing that you had a good horse, but were you confident you can go on and win it? Oh, very, very confident. Probably put too much pressure on myself, to be honest. Like I was, Robert left me alone. <laughs> Ricky was left alone but, um, to do our job. But um, I, was, I put a lot of pressure on myself, probably too much looking back and didn't probably enjoy the moment when I did the second one. I was, you know, I knew we could do it. And um, it was just a you do this and watch that drive. It was just absolute brilliant drive. Oh, that's that's fascinating. You, you felt like you put too much pressure on yourself and didn't enjoy the moment as much as you'd like. It must be pretty yeah. cool now being able to just look back and and know that you, what you achieved there and the feeling of that must be sensational. Oh, it is. And like we always said at the time, we've got to try and enjoy this and take it all in. And it's really hard to do. And we look back and I think we did a pretty good job. But um, you know, that second New Zealand Cup, I think we had the earthquakes and a fair bit going on down here and it even chokes me up now, but like, um, when he walked onto the track, the crowd just went um, ballistic, and it was he was a people's horse, and it meant, it meant so much to us. So, and I actually enjoyed the um, the New Zealand, you know, uh, the national anthem. I took that on board this time, and just was a lot more relaxed and still confident and happy, but just in a probably in a better place than was the first one he won. Yeah, just more relaxed. Well, they say a, a horse can change a man's life, and it certainly sounds like that for you. What about what about now, Brendan? Are you, do you still, um, you know, what's Monkey King up to, and and how's your interaction with them now? Yeah, well, I've I've still got a good relationship with um, you know, Kevin and Bloodstock, Robert Fimular, and the family, and he's just around the road from me. Monkey King and I turn horses out on um, dancing on moonlight. So um, I saw him a few months ago, and, and he's led um. He's lead fields out um, down at Ring here on that, so I've um, still had a bit to do with him. And obviously, and, um, you know, like Sarah took me down the back of the farm, I saw him a couple of months ago. So, yeah, there's still a bit of interaction there, not a lot, but a little bit. He's retired now and, and, and deserves to be. Mate, well done. What a champion horse Monkey King was, and uh, his legacy will live on forever, mate. Let's talk about this cup. I was lucky um, last year I got on self-assured at about four bucks, and it won the New Zealand Cup last year. It's favourite <laughs> heading into this cup. Paying two dollars thirty. How do you see this cup going out this year? Yeah, I think I think um, deserved favourite, and I think he's going to be very very hard to beat. I think um, South Coast Arden is going to be very very hard. I could, uh, he's probably my pick, uh, probably for a few different reasons. But um, yeah, I like both those horses. I think um, um, Nathan Williamson's horse. Um, you know, they've just got to step and they've just got to be fit and right on the day and step and. And, um, you know, if you sit three fence, four fence, and you get out, you get, and you've got a bit of speed, and the horse is relaxed and breathes properly through the running and just settled, you know, a lot of things can happen. It just, it's all that standing start is a, is a crucial part of being very fit. And you sort of think 2,600 metres is a long race, and you, you get around the back of that two miles at 3,200, and it's, it's a lot further, and it's really, really taxing race. Yeah, nice. I was at last year's uh, Tuesday Cup Day. It is one of my favourite days. This year is different. No crowds, and now COVID's here. It'll be interesting to see if there's even a crowd on Saturday. I know they were thinking 2,000 fans at Reckon, and I think that's thrown right out the door, mate. But we really appreciate your time. Brendan Hill, uh, love the emotions that you had for Monkey King. What a wonderful horse it was, and its legacy will live on forever, mate. So thank you so much for joining us. No worries, guys. Thank you. Oh, I love, oh, yeah, that. I love that. Yes. You can hear the emotion, mate. And it is true, eh? It is true that the emotion 
that you get from a horse. I remember my mate when his horse won, I rang him up. He was crying, mate. Well, it just takes you on such a journey, mate. Like it's, I mean, it's no different to, it's no different to playing the sport, the levels that we played, and and you think back to the the national anthems and for you the haka and and obviously for Brennan that he, when he talks there about Monkey King's success and and just the you know the, the national anthem in the background. You can hear that emotion come through, and that's what sport and racing is all about. That's what we we love about it. So thank you, Brendan Hill, for joining us and reflecting on the success in 2010 of the New Zealand Cup winner, Monkey King. It is 8.51 in the morning. Coming up next is Sleep On It with Ian Smith. Looking forward to that. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. All right, listen up. Four minutes from nine, Smithy the Doyen's coming up very soon. But tomorrow at about 6.43, 6.44, we're going to do something very special. We've got a special edition of Quizzy Dag. And yes, you're playing for $200 in bonus bets via the TAB. Melbourne Cup's on Tuesday. We're running a Melbourne Cup punters club here at SCNZ. Stay tuned today, tomorrow, Monday, to hear all of the information on how to get involved with that. But it's a big day, so your $200 bonus bet tomorrow for Quizzy Dag. Make sure you are in the mixer. Yes, boy. Right now, let's sleep on it. Thanks to Temper, they've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases, which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Baz, do we have the Doyen standing by? We do. Good morning, Smitty. Uh, Good morning, gentlemen, all three of you. Beautiful. Get straight into this question, mate. World rugby, Mm. do they need to embrace change and innovation, or do they simply continue to do what they have done but do it better to try and grow the game. That's our tempo okay. on it question yep. for you tomorrow. It's a good one on the news coming through um, that uh, the World Rugby have said no to the 12s at this stage, so it's a good one, Baz. Um, yeah, I'll think about that. Um, yes, at, at this present point in time, I don't quite know the answer, but I'll give it uh, on my temper um, pillow that should be arriving at some stage shortly, uh, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, I'll put my head on it and um, I'll be able to come up with an answer. Well, let us know if it hasn't, and we'll make sure that we get on to Kushra and all the team at Temper, yeah. uh, Smitty. Um, mate, we've had a great show. Before we before we turn yeah. it over to Izzy to take us out, we've had a great show. We started chatting about gout, and we finished talking passion of, of playing for the Black Ferns and, and plenty of emotion out of Brendan Hill talking us through Monkey King's success in 2010. Mm. It's a crazy old morning on, on our show. Yeah. Well, I've got a, a pretty diverse sort of a show myself uh, this morning. Uh, Baz, I've got uh, Xavier Rush. Of course, he's uh, one of the most popular men in Cardiff, uh, former All Black, um, now applying, uh, applied his trade over there and didn't come home. Grant Elliott on a number of issues, including the uh, Quinton de Cock issue, uh, as well as uh, what he would do about this uh, black cap side on the basis of his uh, commentary the other day. Mark Brown is the uh, Canterbury uh, NPC co-coach problems down there, is he? Ooh. So we'll uh, get to the bottom of that and see what's happening uh, with that side. Can you ask him where Luke Romano was, mate? Cheers. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. I'll do that. Uh, I'll just write that down. Hold it. Where was today. Luke Romano? Okay, got that. Uh, and Ricardo Ball. <laughs> yeah. Ricardo Ball after 11 with um, football. Football man. So that's us. Yeah. Beautiful, Smithy. Thank you very much. Luke Romano left us hanging today, mate. So that's why. That's why I want to know where he is. Anyway, all good. Thanks for the great show. Cheers to all our guests. Brendan Hill, love the emotion from you, mate. Keep that up. Smithy, he's up next. Thanks to the team. Trudy, Baz, Skip, Joe, Keza and Louie. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. See you tomorrow. Ka kite anō.